Morning, four minutes past four, Tuesday morning in London town. I was greeted by the lovely sight as you walk into Leicester Square as some girl throwing up. You know, and you think, eh, class act, class act. And then everybody else just sits around. You think, oh, blimey, I'm so drunks at this time of the morning. It's a bit sad, isn't it? Anyway, trust you well. You're good. Yep. Thought so. Uh, lots of stories in the papers today, some of which will get your blood boiling, some of which you'll go, oh, not that old turnip again. Uh, my my favourite, or one of the favourite, is the fact that the half of us uh, are living with guilt. We can't say the word... I can't say it. I'm really, really... I can't say it. Nobody can say it. Apparently you cannot say the cert word. I'm really, really... See, I can't, it won't happen. It's, it's, it's a word that, that fails to materialise, I'm afraid. So we just go, uh, yeah, well, you know, that, that, was, so, that was big. And, um, and you go, well, are, are you... Are you s- s-? And they go, no, I'm not. And I can't say it anyway, even if I wanted to. None of us can say it, apparently. 65% of those said they'd missed the opportunity or were simply unable to say the words. Nobody can apologise anymore, can they? If everybody could apologise, that'd be great, wouldn't it? If everybody could actually say the soot word, you know, I'm s- You know, that, that would be great. It would solve so many problems. You know, I'm terribly... Th- Alright, we went into Afghanistan, I'm... Terribly sorry. It'd be nice if Tony Blair said sorry occasionally. That'd be nice. It'd be nice if all politicians said sorry, but they can't. It's, the word doesn't feature in their vocabulary, and so that's why it is the hardest word. I think Elton John wrote a song about it. Sorry seems to be the hardest word, and he's, he's absolutely right. It's very difficult. And then he re-released it with Blue, and frankly, we all felt a bit disappointed at that moment. Nice to see them all grouped round a piano, though, wasn't it? And uh, nice to see that Duncan has actually come out as gay now. Having, having tried the uh, I'm straight, I'm bisexual, oh, look, I'm a teapot. And so he's, he's come out as gay, and we're all going, that's a bit boring in this day and age. <laughs> to be honest with you, you know, you're actually hard-pushed to find um, somebody in the pop business who doesn't have history. And by that I mean they can either be gay, straight, I mean, it, doesn't, it makes no difference to me whatsoever. I really couldn't get... It's so naff and boring now, but they feel duty-bound to make some statement about their sexuality. A lot of people care. Who cares, as long as it doesn't affect the chickens and it doesn't, you know, people don't go running for the hills, we're all right. I'm, I'm slightly worried about Mr Hune in the paper today. Chris Hune, who's offered to pay back less than a quarter of the £110,000 uh, he cost the taxpayer by lying about his penalty points scam. Uh, the millionaire, former energy secretary, wants to contribute just £25,000. Southwark Crown Court was told Hewn had inflated the bill by spinning out the case against him. The man's an idiot. We want all the money back, please. And we want £49,000 from, uh, from the lying and shamed Vicky price as well, please. Can we have that money back? How embarrassing for the children, honestly. I mean, to put up with parents like that, parents who lie, parents who cost us money. No, we want the money. I'm afraid it's as simple as that. I mean, the man is... Uh, you know, very, very... He's a millionaire. He's not short of money. Not short of money at all. And they're going to be out on licence very shortly. I mean, they've served, a, you know, just a, a very, very small part of the sentence. You know, I mean, perhaps he'll write a book about his memoirs, about his sort of time inside, you know. Oh, I met some lags. No, darling, you're one of them. You are one of the lags inside prison. That's why you're in there, because you're bent. You and your bent wife, and that's why you're in prison. We don't send people to prison just for fun. We don't send them to prison as a bit of a holiday camp, although I do appreciate the fact that it appears to be for some people. Apparently you go and you can have a television. You could do that. You can actually have a television. I mean, the things that you get inside... All right, so you're inside. I mean, who cares? Somebody's doing your cooking, your washing. You know, all you've got to do is have a shower in the morning and sit down and have a chat to a few other people and pick up a few few 
tips on how to sort of do shoplifting and, you know, pinching from people's pockets and stuff like that. That's quite easy. I came past, I came through Twickenham the other day on the bus and, uh, and there were two people from which country they originated. I have no idea, but they were being frisked by the police because they thieved from Waitrose. You get a lot of it, actually. People think that you just walk into a department store or a supermarket, you pick up booze off the shelf, put it in the bag and walk out. Well, unfortunately, they've got quite a number of of store detectives in Waitrose, purely for that, purely for people who thieve. And they'll thieve booze, or they'll th- they'll thieve just about anything they want, because they think that's what you do now. And as far as I'm concerned, I think what we should have is a big hole in the pavement, and it should be outside all major shops. Although I've seen people nicking from Poundland, so it doesn't really make too much difference. And... And you sort of arrest them inside, you bring them outside, you nick that, yeah, you lift up the pavement, you drop them in, you put the pavement back down again. I mean, how much... Why should you bother keeping these people? They quite clearly haven't deserved the right to be in society with us, so that's great. It's like the uh, the suspect charged in the hospital bed. This is the uh, the Chechen. He's a teenager. He's been now charged with the Boston Marathon bombings. I wonder if he knows his brother's been shot dead. You know that they were actually trying to bomb the police at the same time. They had lots more bombs there. So I was quite glad that your brother's dead, pal. And uh, and you will be facing the death penalty as well. There's no point in messing around with you, is there? Quite clearly, you're not just of limited intelligence, but you're a murderer. And there's no other way you can describe them. It's premeditated. They went out deliberately. They didn't go out there just to cause pretty rainbow streamers and a firework display. They went out there to kill and maim people. So uh, I'm glad your brother's dead. And hopefully you will be shortly. Sounds harsh, doesn't it, really, in the stern age? When you th- and then you think, no, if that had been a member of my family, I'd have come round and pulled the bloody gun myself on you. It's as simple as that. Oh, God, get it off your chest, Stephen. Get it off your chest this morning. Uh, other stories in the papers. Everybody's got, I've got this stupid, stupid summer cold, which is really annoying me. And in fact, after I came out of the dentist yesterday, it all went very well, thank you for asking. Um, I came out, and because I was all numbed up in the top of my gums, I couldn't tell if my nose was running until until it hits the top of your lip, and then you suddenly think, oh, God, my nose is running, I'm embarrassing. And nobody said anything. So I spent the whole of yesterday, or most of it, with a handkerchief clutched to my nose. So what we've done, we've started preparing the groundwork for the new bridge. So I went to the bank, took out £500. <laughs> that ruined the end of the month. Luckily we get paid this week. And, um, and sort of handed it over. And we've done the first bit of it, so I've got a new a new crown in at the moment, so we filed down. I was all right, actually. I'll tell you what I did. I'll tell you what I did. Normally, I take an aspirin or something like that to try and get over the... Uh, it's, it, it, isn't, it isn't the pain of the drilling, it's the blooming noise. The noise makes it feel like they're going to shoot through the roof of your mouth. And, and I try and be good, but I mean, if, if, you, if you watched me on the couch, I'm like a coiled spring... I'm there, and I tend to move further away the more he drills. Woo! 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 Oh, shut up! You know, I wish I was deaf at points like that. It's the only time in my life you wish that you couldn't hear it, because I'm sure if you couldn't hear it, you'd be fine. Anyway, I took a diclofenic. Now, it's a muscle relaxant, and somebody said to me, diclofenic is actually quite good if you're going to the dentist. And, you know, I was a lot calmer. I didn't shoot through the ceiling. You know, I was, I was quite good. In fact, he did a lot of drilling, because he had to drill... Well, I don't know. I was just a bit sort of comatose, really. I was a bit sort of like, oh, just get on with it, just do it. And you know, but and then you've got the the assistant there every so often, and all of a sudden I've got like what appears to be everybody's hand in my get the hands out of the mouth, all right? Let the rabbit see the hole. And it's sort of you know, so we had this bit, 
And then I discovered that I could quite easily just keep my mouth open for as long as they wanted to do it. I thought, just get it over and done with. And he did it, so he had to take the tooth down from being a tooth to a little, much smaller tooth. And that will be what the uh, the post goes in to hold the bridge. So it's all, it's all quite exciting. It's all quite exciting, and I'm sure that we will we will sort of get through it. And then at the end of the day, because I'm still a bit sore this morning, a little bit sore, but then you would be. I've had sort of one injection in my upper gum, and then after that numbed up, then he gave me another one. So it just kind of... Re- well, the injection's the worst bit. But no, the noise from the drill is the worst bit. In fact, there's two bits. Going in to the door of the dentist, that's fairly traumatic. Producer went there. Uh, to the dentist the other day. I mean, I'm, I bet you anything, at the end of it, because I've not got another appointment now till Monday. Monday, Yesterday was 45 minutes. Monday is going to be about two hours. Because we have to do it. We'll try and get as much work as possible done. It depends how much I'm going to shoot through the ceiling. But it really does. So we're sort of looking at, we're looking at the bite and everything else. And it's going to look really nice. I'm really quite excited by it. And then I looked at an advert in the paper today for other people. Because to get your teeth done in this country costs an arm and a leg. He is, my, my dentist is really reasonable. I mean, really, really reasonable. In fact, even, yeah, exactly, you need, you need a friend. It's like women need a hairdresser. You need to go out with a hairdresser and you always get your hair done. And men and women need to go out with a dentist. And that way, you're, or fairly that a doctor. So you always get the prescription for something. And, uh, and I looked at the, the price. An average veneer in this country is about 300 my, my dentist is much cheaper than that. If, if you go for a crown, you're looking now for crowns. About six, seven hundred pounds. He does them for 350. You see, that's a lot of difference. And in fact, even his assistant said to me yesterday, she said, I keep telling him he's too cheap. I said, well, he is. He is too cheap. I said, put it this way, finish, finish me. And then when I went to another dentist in Twickenham, ago, the, the dentist wouldn't do anything until you'd been to the hygienist. And the hygienist was 50 quid. So then they make money out of it. You don't find a poor dentist. My one's probably the only one. But he's really good. He's really, really good. You know, he obviously understands me and obviously understands at some point I'm going to have the fit of all fits in the chest. He's bound to hit a nerve. Actually, you could all see it coming, can't you? But uh, hopefully it, it won't happen. But it's, it's so annoying when you go to the hygienist. £50. And all they're doing is cleaning your teeth. It doesn't involve any effort whatsoever. They put their mask on. They, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, it looks like you're being treated by Godzilla. And they sort of spray this thing, and then they go... All around the back of your teeth and the front, and they get rid of all the, all the calcium. And it's great. And then you run your tongue around, and you go, ooh, really clean. I've got sparkly teeth. How nice is that? So I was doing that yesterday, because when he was filing the tooth down or taking chip, I couldn't see what he was doing. And so every time he took his, his, the, the drill out of my mouth, I kept sticking my tongue in the gap to find out where it was, because I've got no, no sense of the occasion at all. And so I'm lying there. But it's the fact that I clench my fists, I do everything, I break out in a cold sweat, practically. But it's been done. It's been done. So I was very pleased about that. Very, very pleased. And uh, when it's all finished in about four weeks, I just want to get rid of this cold now. Because <laughs> now I've got today, I've got an interview to do today with an actor called Russell Tovey who uh, has been in History Boys. He's been, he's been in loads and loads of things. Loads and loads of things. Sickeningly good-looking. So I'll be having a chat to him. He's coming in the building. He's going to do a lot of people. And yesterday, I leave the building, and the Wanted are in again. And every time I, I, the Wanted are in the building, I can't use the lifts, because... Oh, was it Union J yesterday? Oh, was it? Oh, it was Union J. Oh, right. Oh, the producer thinks they're cute. Oh, that, because I thought it was strange, because as I get to the end of the, the road, Ashley pulls up. In his car, our, our big boss. But the truth is, because I was sort of not quite with it and thinking dentist and, and not with it, I didn't notice it was Ashley to start with until he, until he gets out. I thought the wanted were in as well. 
I think the wanted were in as well, because I know that Nathan's just come out of hospital. He's got some problem with his with his throat. And I thought that would make sense if Ashley was coming in and the wanted were in. That was Union J, was it? Oh, right. I don't know who they are. are they, they're just a little boy band off the television, aren't they? Oh, well, there you go. That's nice, isn't it? So I'm sure they'll be very popular. Because there was a little gaggle of girls outside. And uh, I thought, so I'd, I'd sort of get, get my pen out to start signing autographs. Yep, Steve Allen. Sorry? Steve Allen, I am. I'm Steve Allen on the radio. And uh, they weren't interested in me at all. In fact, they always turned their backs on me. I was very depressed. This is LBC 90s Ferrari at Breakfast. Back this morning from 7. LBC 97.3. Ferrari and the team with you at 7 o'clock this morning after it's emerged. Police are looking into a YouTube clip apparently showing a woman shouting racial abuse at a man on a district line tube. They could be asking why this is still happening on public transport. I'm thinking either drink or drugs. Can't think of any other reason or the fact that the woman must be terminally stupid. Plus Mark Constantine, the MD of Lush will join Nick to review the day's papers. So nice to see Mark in the studio. There's, there's lots in the papers today. They, they've... Um, Come up with the top romantic film of all time. You know, sometimes. To be honest with you, I don't think they've actually put... I mean, uh, number ten, Punch Drunk Love. I've never even heard of it. Never even heard of it. Number nine, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. They're both from 2004. A Matter of Life and Death, made in 1940. I haven't heard of any of these. Number seven, The Apartment. Never heard of it. Number six, Brokeback Mountain. Those gay cowboys get everywhere. Six, Harold and Maud. I've never heard of it. Four, Annie Hall. It was a dreadful movie. Three, In the Mood for Love. No. Number two, Casablanca. In all the gin joints. I mean, I'm not a dreary piece of cinematography, photograph for people. And, uh, what and number one, I sat at the railway station and I looked out the window... And I saw him there on platform three. And I remember thinking, my life is so dull and dreary. And, and I was in love with him then. And I've been in love with him ever since. Yes, it was Brief Encounter. There they were, sitting in the, in the, the railway thing. Uh, to be honest with you, I can't remember what the thing is, apart from that she's cheating on her old man. And that apparently is a love story. That I suppose it is if you don't get caught, isn't it? And I ended up staying at home with my husband, because I loved him a lot. Everybody speaks like this, where I come from. We do very clipped voices, but we're terribly working class. And you'd never guess we were working class, because when I saw him, my heart went boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, booty, boom. And <laughs> I wish that was such a good line. My heart went boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, 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 I really fell in love with her that day I saw her. I love watching costume drama. We do it so well in this country. I love it. Uh, Pat says, thank you so much for your support in using sensible terms such as guides, scouts and brownies. Have you noticed all those in the acting profession now called actors? Actress is not used except for best actress in the film competitions. I notice that you prefer children rather than kids. Have you noticed that pupils of all ages are now referred to as students? I understood the children at school are pupils. Students attend colleges and universities. Last but not least, I dislike children being called Teenagers, as this could be a child of 13 up to 19. The dreadful bombing in Boston was described at the beginning as being the work of a teenager. I understood he was 18 years old. Yes, it's this. There's a, a thing in the, one of the papers today. An MP has, uh, has been approached by a teacher who's been told she's not allowed to use red pens anymore um, 
because red pens might offend some children in school. And I thought, why would a red pen... Because apparently it means that they haven't done very well. And you think, oh, God, get over yourselves. Get over yourselves. Terrible, terrible. Happy St George's Day. I used to have to, says Noreen, be put out completely at the dentist following dreadful treatment at a hospital with an abscess. Oh, dear. And she says, I'm meeting up with, with Beryl. I can't believe we both listened to you for so long. Gone to the same 60s show as only just found out. Oh, yes, another for your friend. Fremont Street Lights. Absolutely. That's what I've, I said. You have to go to the Fremont Street Lights. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Jamie says, if you go to an up-to-the-minute dentist, they no longer use a drill. They use a laser. Totally noise-free, so it stops you clenching. There's nothing worse than the dentist says, relax, and then starts the, uh, the drill. He says, honest, check out the up-to-date dentist. Laser dentistry, it's the way forward. It probably is, actually. It probably is. But I just sort of... I just don't... I did, yeah, I did say to him, nobody likes the dentist, do they? Nobody likes the dentist. We all... But laser... So, that, then that can... Oh, right. But without the need for drilling. That'd be a good one. But it's the injection going in, the first one. You see the size of the needle. It's about three inches long, their needle. Somebody told me once they had a, an injection the side of their their mouth and the needle came out through their, their cheek. It's always freaked me out, that. It's always made me feel quite ill. Quite ill, so I don't, I don't like that at all. Uh, Neil says, allow me to be the first to wish you and all at LBC a happy St George's Day. How long before it's banned? Because it offends somebody. So he says, have a great day. A big St George's hello to all the lovely Facebookers. Yes, you, it, it will be banned as being... It'll be offensive to somebody. Somebody from Romania will complain about St George's Day. Who turns out to be Turkish anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, somebody will complain. Of course they will. People complain about it. They'll be going, I remember seeing the flag across the station. And I remember thinking, it's St George's Day. And then I thought, we didn't have any tea at home. But we did have cucumber sandwiches. And, and I remember thinking when the vicar came round, I wonder if he supports St George's Day. And I did say to him, I said, I think my neighbour's growing cannabis. And the vicar said to me, how do you know? I said, I don't. I said, I've just got a feeling that the neighbour's growing cannabis. And he said, well, the next time, he said, you go round there, he said, ask if you can have a bit of the, of the cabbage. And if after 20 minutes, if after 20 minutes you're still worried, it's cabbage. Couldn't remember what the end line was. <laughs> that was an old Reader's Digest story that sort of half, half came out, yes. So the, the, the vicar's advice was, after the person wrote, I think my neighbour's growing cannabis. Well, she says it's cabbage. We'll go round there. If after 20 minutes you're, you're still, you know, worried about it, it's cabbage. Because if it was cannabis, you wouldn't be bothered about it at all. Anyway, we do have a gadget giveaway for you this morning. In the gadget giveaway, it was marvellous. We found it in the dining room. It was under a pile of sheets. And I said to my husband, Archie, I said, Archie, shall we give it away in the gadget giveaway? And he said, let's do that. Let's do it on LBC 97.3. And so we will this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, be giving away in the gadget giveaway. A mar- Oh, it's nice. Oh, you're oh, who won yesterday? I can't do these codes. You know it's going to be a code question again today. They've obviously sat up in the office and gone, we're going to do airport codes. Because I can't do airport codes. I was rubbish at it the other day, I'm afraid. Absolute rubbish. But never mind. I do my best. I do my best. Uh, on the subject of um, uh, Denise Van Outen. Because I think she should try something challenging, like taking over the Andrew Marr show. <laughs> I don't know. There was a very cruel bit in one of the papers today. I can't remember what it was, actually. So, so many cruel cruel bits that are going on. So many cruel bits. Uh, I see uh, Aldi have got um, some gin now. A top-class tipple without breaking the bank. £9.65 it is. I never drank gin. I never liked gin. I really never liked gin at all. I really didn't do anything for me. Somebody said it's a depressive... 
And I thought, I don't want anything that makes you feel depressed. The whole idea is you want something that makes you feel woo-wee, you know, like woo-wee. Well, yeah, for the first drink. By the time you get to the third one, you woo-wee, woo-wee. And then I fell over. <laughs> That's the end of it. Daybreak presenter Anna Williamson. Do you know, they keep putting her in the paper. I've got no idea who she is. They keep saying she's a presenter. What of? Well, who is she? Apparently, since 2005, Anna Williamson has presented GMTV and Daybreak's holiday. Oh, she just does the competition. Oh, gosh, she's not even a proper presenter. Oh, dear, she's got a new agent or something. I wonder why I'd never heard of her. You get these people, they say, so-and-so, presenter. And I, I rack my brains. Billy Connolly's admitted in the paper today that he gets halfway through a joke and he can't remember what the punchline is. I thought, I can't even get halfway through the joke. It's terrible, isn't it, really? Uh, plus, we'll be talking today about how going to a youth club can keep kids off the streets. I think that's a good idea. I recommend youth clubs for everybody. It's good. Uh, 84850. Uh, Steve, your dentist noises are brilliant, making me laugh, says Karen. Says, I have an awful problem whereby after many injections, my, my gums don't numb. I get very frightened. I, do you know, to be honest with you, everybody gets frightened there. You know why? And I said to the dentist, the reason we get frightened is because you can't see what's going on. If you could see the injection going in, because when I do my own injections, I'm, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. Uh, one here from Michael in Lancashire. He says, uh, thank you for being there for us. I'm not. I'm not in Lancashire. I'm in London. OK. I'm happy to stay here. Uh, Glidis says, Diclofenic is an anti-inflammatory and painkiller. My husband's so relaxed he has to be woken up after treatment. Somebody says, don't you think you have hay fever rather than a summer cold? I've got no idea what I've got. It's just very, very annoying. You know, I, I wish it wasn't annoying, but, it's, you know, my nose just didn't stop streaming yesterday. It's doing the same today. And it's, I'm, I'm very cross about it. I try not to get too cross. <laughs> it doesn't, uh, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm very easygoing, actually. I'm, I don't get upset about anything nowadays. Apart from, I went through a terrible, terrible phase yesterday. All of a sudden, I was trying to juggle money. You know when you, when you, you, know when you sort of get to that, that situation where you think, I don't know why I thought it, actually, but I was, I was thinking, I've got the dentist to pay, I've got VAT to pay, uh, we'll have car insurance. All of a sudden, all, and I'm thinking, God, this is a lot of money. This is going to be thousands of pounds. Where's it coming from? I thought, you're working. What are you talking about? But for, for a brief moment, I stood there and I thought, great. So we actually get paid this week, which is, which is good news. I think we get paid on Thursday or Friday, which is great, because I'm at the dentist on Monday, so I can afford to pay the next, the next bit of instalment. The VAT, I've only just apparently paid it in March, so I've got another two and a half months to go. So I was very happy. I was, I was telling my friend John, I said, I don't know why, I just went through a sort of a strange period of sort of worrying about where all this money was coming from and where it was going. And then, to add insult to injury, we've got tax to pay at the end of July, because I'm self-employed, so I pay at the end of January and the end of, the end of July. God, I'm so depressed. Oh, so depressed. Right, other stories in the uh, papers today. Uh, the Sun, what have they got? Oh, they've got that Pratt Luis Suarez. Of a fr- what an idiot, honestly. What an idiot. Why is it these people... You know, I mean, where, where, perhaps where he comes from, he does bite people. So they've, they've reinforced his teeth to make it look as though he's got fangs. Um... Because he's done this before, I think. This isn't the first time that Suarez has done this. He has bitten before. Um... Oh, there's a, a terrible thing here. A terrible thing about a couple. Now, where, where did I find this story? This is a really, really naughty couple. In fact, actually, naughty doesn't, doesn't even do the story justice because it's so, so dreadful. I'll tell you where it is. It's, um... Oh, there's a story about Ella Henderson as well from The X Factor. Oh, dear. Not so good. Ian Highland. He's got some great comments about TV programmes, which make me laugh. Uh, Kelly Brook. For some reason, people, you know, watching Kelly Brook... 
eating food. She's looking a bit old and matronly at the moment, Kelly Brook. Oh, can't wait for her looks to fade. Um, Reese Witherspoon. Stephen Tomkinson is going to the BBC for the first time in nine years. Like Stephen Tomkinson. Oh, God, they've got more on Gemma Collins, on her weight battle. Don't waste our time, love. Stop believing that you're somebody interested. She's got a book out. Gemma Collins' autobiography. So you've got her... I was ramming the food in so fast I couldn't breathe, but I felt safe when I was eating. So they've got a picture of this... Oh, God, she's disgusting. Exercising in a park, and that'll be how they sell you a weight loss programme. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. It's 4.30. News headlines with Rupert Barty. Oh, it is, it is, it is. It is, it is, it is. Tuesday morning in London town. Here's the story of a revolting couple. I'll tell you what the names are. Andrew Johnson and his wife Katie are vile people. Really the scum of the earth. Why? They take their dog out for a walk the other day. They're in Colchester. He's apparently in the army, although God knows for how much longer. And, um, and they're walking past a school, which is the, uh, the King's Ford Junior School, and they see a cat. So they let their dog off the lead. He's a Japanese Akita. I don't know if you've ever seen a Japanese Akita. They're fighting dogs. They're generally owned by Neanderthals, I'm afraid, like, uh, like Andrew Johnson and his disgusting wife. So they let their dog deliberately off the lead. It grabs hold of the cat and it rips it to pieces. In front of the schoolchildren. That's how filth this couple are. That's how bad they are. To do it in front of children, I mean, it shows such mentality. If, to be honest with you, if I was running the army, this man and his wife would have been kicked out so fast their little short stubby legs wouldn't have touched the ground. What people do that? What sort of people do that? Answer? Those sort of people. Remember the names, Andrew Johnson and his wife Katie. Apparently they're now frightened to go out because people say nasty things about them. What, like your filth? Yep, good, that's me then. Right at the top of the list, pals. He's 28, but with a mental age, I'm, a, I'm assuming, of a three-year-old. That's funny, is it, to let a, a fighting dog off the lead to rip somebody's cat to pieces? Oh, God, you've got no idea what thoughts are going through my mind. Uh, the RSPCA have said to do this in front of children was callous and irresponsible. That's kind of towing the party line, is it? Callous and irresponsible. But they haven't destroyed the dog. They haven't destroyed the dog. They've been able to keep the dog. And so the magistrates have given Mr Johnson 95 hours unpaid work and his wife 75. They've got to pay £75 compensation to the cat's owner and £1,613 in court costs. I'm hoping he's going to get kicked out of the army in Colchester. What an embarrassment to the army. A prat like that, ladies and gentlemen. And his thick wife. Luckily, some of the papers have photographed them as well, so you can see what they look like. You know, they go, oh, they've got pictures of them beaming and looking really happy. I'm hoping it was before their dog ripped the cat to pieces. What's the matter with these people? Are they just mentally ill? I mean, is, is there some illness that goes around with these sort of people? Did he think he was being clever? What did he think was going to happen? You see a cat and you let... I mean, I just... I, I can't even get my head round something like that. Why you would ever see somebody's cat and think, oh, my, my dog will look good ripping that apart? What? I mean... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm so speechless that people are so uncaring and so unfeeling. You want to go round and smash every window in their house and go, oh, sorry about that, we're just having a bit of a bad day. Terrible, really, isn't it? Absolutely terrible. See who our page three girl is today. I know you're always keen to find out on this programme, and we like to bring them to you. And today it's Danny. Uh, Danny's from Coventry. Uh, Danny is D-A-N-N-I. It's the it's the the chav spelling. It's the chav spelling. And Danny says the FA it's right to charge 
Luis Suarez with violent conduct for biting. She said he's a role model for many children and must be punished. As the great... She's very intelligent, this Stanley, honestly. Why is she just taking a kit off for people? I mean, really. As the great civil rights campaigner Martin Luther King said, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Danny quote, quoted Martin, this woman is so intelligent. This wo- from, She doesn't deserve to be in Coventry. She deserves to be running the country, ladies and gentlemen. Danny from Coventry. You are not just a bimbo. You're an intelligent bimbo. Wow. I don't know anybody who can quote Martin Luther King. I don't even know that quote was Martin Luther King. I had no idea. I mean, my, my favourite one was Let Them Eat Chicken. That was Colonel Sanders. And that was a very popular one. Very popular. I don't know anything from anybody else at all. Love it. Love it to pieces. My God, they're so good. They're so good, these people. Uh, ITV bosses are in hot water over an interview with Patsy Kensett on Alan Titchmarsh's show. And uh, she breached Ofcom regulations. She kept talking about Weight Watchers, which you know she's paid to advertise. You know, I mean, I see her sitting on television, I just think it looks like lies to me. Oh, I used to be fat. No, when? When? I don't ever remember Patsy Kensett ever being fat. It's designed to part you from your money. That's all it is. It's another diet. It's another fad diet. And so Ofcom have summoned the makers of Alan Titchmarsh's show. It's absolutely appalling. You know, these people shouldn't be allowed to go on there. Uh, half of the, this five-minute chat was devoted to the actress's weight struggle. Patsy Kensit, weight... Wh- Hello, when? When was this? She's never been fat in my eyes. Patsy recalled being introduced to Weight Watchers while working on Emmerdale. I said it was the only thing that worked for her and mentioned their pro-point system. She's paid by them. She is paid by Weight Watchers to be an ambassador. These people don't do it. It's like when you see a celebrity endorsing whatever it happens to be. They're paid She's paid to, to go on television programmes. And actually, the producer should be fired from the Titchmar show. Or, 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 or at best, hanged, you know, I think, for allowing people to get away with it. I told you, I remember seeing one ages ago where they had that Jerry Hall, that Amatex and Mardle, and she appeared on the BBC's Breakfast Time to plug something, some margarine. And she, she pretended she'd made cakes, and I made them with this margarine here. And she held it up to the camera. I can't remember who was presenting on that day. It might have been the terminally boring Bill Turnbull. I don't know, the man who thinks he's a newsreader and then sort of thinks he's got a personality. <gasps> dreary, dreary. But it's, so she held it up to camera and I'm thinking, product placement, somebody's been paid for this. And the answer was, Jerry Hall was paid for it. And you see them all the time, these things on the television. And there's a thin line. You have to, you have to be very careful. You know, if I have somebody on and they're, they're, they're promoting something, then you just, you know, you get one or two mentions. But I'm, I'm doing half-hour interviews. That's different. In a five-minute interview, to devote two and a half minutes of it to the company that she's being paid for is just... That's backhanded. You know, we used to get that on the television when um, uh, Ainsley Harriet used to do his uh, ready-steady-cook, can't-cook, bring-on-some-dumb-people and, and a couple of uh, chefs who were boring. In the ex- I tell you, I'd have buried most of them in a blooming food mixer. And at the end of the programme, they'd have somebody on who was from a company, you know, who manufactured their own ice cream, and they would hold up all their products. And I thought, is the producer on a backhander on this? Is somebody getting, you know, a bit of a... Get, get some ice cream, we'll do it for you, all right? Get us a, get us a load of ice cream, like a ton of it, OK? You know, that, that's how bad it is. It's really terrible. Anyway, happier things, happier things. Teeth have stayed in. Uh, that's a fairly happy thing. When I went to the dentist for the first time, I remember saying to him, will it be painful? And he said... Yes, 
And so I didn't go ever again. And then I married. And uh, I've settled down in the country now. It's marvellous. So today, yesterday, yesterday, Catherine, it is Catherine Leary from Boreham Wood, who identified that LGW is the code for Gatwick Airport. LGW is the code. See, I never knew that. Well, I think it's London Gatwick. That's how it works. Okay. So she got herself the fabulous Nikon digital camera. Today, you like this. This is the Google Nexus 10 tablet. This is the amazing Android tablet. It's only just been released. It's got fantastic... This is like the iPad. Does all the things that the iPad does. Okay, it's very nice. Check it out. Google Nexus 10 tablet. Very nice indeed. And you can get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning if you are the winner. One lucky listener will win the Google Nexus 10 today. And I need to know the answer to this question. Here we go. What is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Luton Airport? What is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Luton Airport? To enter, text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. Got to be here by 6.30 this morning. So, what is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Luton Airport? Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. Got to be here by 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network, and full terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. So, good luck. It's really nice. So, the Google Nexus 10 tablet, you can, you can Google it and check it out, but it'll, it'll look like the iPad, OK? And that's what you're going for today in the gadget competition. Lovely. Daily Star this morning. Uh, Ten million people tune into ITV for the explosive end of drama Broadchurch. I don't even know what Broadchurch is. I'm obviously the only one in the country who is... Apparently, it's very, very good. And, um, and all the critics are saying exactly the same. In fact, I've got one of the critics this morning... Uh, Ian Highland, who is talking about Francine Lewis on Britain's Got Talent, he said how the judges had no idea who she was. He said they're either lying or they're just trying to sort of push her through. She was on, she's been on television every, she was only on Channel 4 last year. We're only into April. She's been on television consistently. However, the latest thing is she keeps knocking years off her age. They say here the sexy former model claims to be 35. But she admitted being 22 in 1995, which makes her over 40. Over 40. And also the same act. What she needs, she needs an, she needs an act. You know, that's why it fizzled out. And the only reason she got anywhere is because she used to get her boobs out for people. That was the only reason. And so now she's coming back. But the, the, Ian Highland said, how David Walliams never knew who she was? And Amanda Holden. This is a woman who's featured consistently in the papers for 10, 15 years. At least 10 or 15 years. Ridiculous. Quite ridiculous. Uh, other stories that I managed to hang on to today. Oh, yes. Poor old um, Ella Henderson from The X Factor. Although she didn't actually win it. She only got as far as number six, I think. Um, her parents um, have been quizzed by the police on suspicion of money laundering. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Not so good, is it, really? Not so good now. Um, the Boston... Bomber's widow claims she only discovered he was a terrorist from television. We covered that up well from you. This was a normal American girl uh, called Catherine, and now she's converted to Islam and sort of goes around with a, with a hijab on. 
And, I mean, she was. They say she was brainwashed after she met him at university six years ago. She went from being an ambitious middle-class girl to a subservient, downtrodden wife. I don't know anything about it. Well, nothing about what's going on at all. Then we had their sick mother coming out saying, no, they've been set up on this one. That's with one dead son on the slab and the other one who can't speak. It's uh, ridiculous. Apparently she's been working all week to support the family. Catherine is now in hiding at her parents' place in Rhode Island after collecting belongings from her home. School friends revealed she'd been brainwashed by her husband's extreme views. Well, there you go. Well, he's uh, now been formally charged. That's the one who's living. And, uh, and then there's a, there's a radio DJ here who's been getting very friendly with old Harry Styles. Bit of a bromance going on, everybody has said. And um, uh, this, is, uh, this is Nick... Nick Grimshaw, apparently. He's 28. And he said, listen, he's, he's, I think he's getting a bit fed up with it now, to be honest with you. He said, it, it's not like, you know, he's really funny. You know, no, people don't have a problem. Apparently Keith Lemon was, were, were joking that they were an item. Once the camera stopped rolling, Nick was reportedly close to tears about the comment. Now, that, I read that last week. That's an old story, I'm afraid. So it is old. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he's, he's 28 and Harry's 18, you know, and it's kind of... And he said, but what's actually wrong with a, with a DJ having sort of a friendship with sort of somebody younger? And all I kept... Exactly, see, I thought the same. I thought the same. What's the matter with a DJ having a friendship with sort of younger people? Quite a bit, actually. Quite a bit. And it's a bit odd. It's a bit, it's a bit odd. I mean, perhaps there isn't... You know, I've got friends who are quite young, actually. But then, you see, mentally, I think I'm quite young, too. Physically, of course not. Physically, not at all. So he's not, he's not happy. People talk about this bromance. I don't know what bromances are. Is that two sort of... Is, I thought it was two straight blokes, but I'm not even sure whether Nick's straight now. I, I don't know. No, we don't think he is, do we? So, so does it make any difference? Probably not. But uh, when somebody comes off... Sorry, that Keith Lemon, they're close to tears. And that's what we have to say. Enough is enough. This is LBC 97.3. 13 minutes to five. Good morning. You're well. I see that uh, Tamara Eccleston is in court again. This time she's trying to hang on to her car. It's a Lamborghini worth about 380000 She was going out with this bloke. He claims that she gave it to him as a present. And uh, she's saying, no, it was always my car. So they're in court to try and, to try and fight over it. It's all about much, I suppose, if... Uh, I mean, she does pick the oddest people to go out with. Nobody's ever been any good at all. Perhaps she's, she's one of those people who's easily fooled. So that's why she's currently parading herself through the High Court at the moment. Britain's most expensive house has gone on sale. 250 million quid. It's very nice. It's a Grade 1 listed mansion, dating from the early 19th century. It's got a double staircase and a ballroom. Owned by a member of a Middle East royal family, the living space is nearly as big as a football pitch. It's in Carlton House Terrace, which is quite near to Buckingham Palace. It's lovely. Um, It's got all sorts of... Apparently, a lot of people are looking at it. There is a secret brochure, uh, which has been printed, but it only shows pictures from the 19... Sorry, for the 1890s, because for security reasons, the current owner doesn't want many of the features photographed. And the buyer will have to fork out £17.5 in stamp duty. The record for a house sale is £136 paid for an apartment at One Hyde Park in Knightsbridge. Well, I didn't think there was any evidence to support somebody who paid £136 I just thought they did that to try and boost that. Because most of the flats are empty at One Hyde Park, aren't they? I come through in the morning and there seem to be various lights on, but there's nobody in there. I've never seen anybody walking around at all. I thought they were just sort of the Candy Brothers, just trying to drum up interest in the place. But £250 million, would you want it? Would you really want a £250 million house? There's always going to be a market for something, isn't there? There's always going to be people out there. I mean, the nearest corner shop is Fortnum and Mason's. 
But then anybody who's around there would use Fortnum and Masons or Harrods or Selfridge. You just wander down. It's quite simple. Apparently, a 250 million, says one buying agent and property expert, there's only a finite number of potential buyers, and whoever will be interested will be someone who is reasonably discreet. Well, it'll be somebody who'll buy it, but they won't ever live in it. It'll all be done up, it'll have staff in there, and it'll be, it'll be like the Sultan of Brunei. He's got lots of houses. He, he, he's got one up at Osterley, which he bought years ago. You can drive past on the back road down to Southall. I think it was called something like, don't, don't quote me on this, the birdcage or something like that. And it overlooks Osterley Park, and it's got all sorts of security and cameras and everything else. I think he's only been there twice. It's got full staff, and they live there just in the hope that he might pop. Why would you want to drive to nearly Southall to go to a house when you're the Sultan of Brunei? Doesn't make any sense. It's off a little pokey back road, which goes down via the back of Osterley. You turn right at Gillette Corner and follow it round, and his house is down on the left-hand side, just before you hit, hit Southall. And I think he's only been there a handful of times. Because people who've got that sort of money, they just buy the house. They're not interested in anything else. He apparently has a bath. He can sit and look out the window. So... Big deal about that. Answer, nothing at all. So, £250 million for a house. Somebody will buy it because it says more about them than anything else. It says it's, it's cost you £250 million. That would be the interest to people. £250 million. But you can afford £250 million? Yep. And not bat an eyelid. That's why it would be so, so nice. Uh, Britain's going to bask in temperatures of 21 degrees this week. I don't know if you go to the dentist. I feel like... So. I went to buy some more... Uh, fuchsias the other day. I'm convinced I've pushed a lot of trade up to this garden centre outside of Staines because it's so much cheaper than everywhere else and they're very helpful, the staff. They're very friendly and very nice. And I was up there yesterday and uh, I couldn't find the fuchsias. Of course, they've now put them outside to harden off, which is good. I've done exactly the same. Very, very happy. And so uh, so went up there and uh, I, was tr- I was trying to find the blooming things. I was trying to find what they'd actually done with the with the plants. And then I saw them. Then I saw them. And also, as I was there, I bumped into Chris Reardon, who's a, a DJ in London. He does karaoke. And, also, and he used to write to us all the time on his way back. He does, the, he does the free podcast. We can't persuade him to part with £2. He won't do the £2 one. But uh, he says, I'm just doing one of my karaoke nights at Belushi's at London Bridge. He says, I broke one of the lovely pots trying to get the big purple plant in. Oh, no. He bought some. Uh, he bought some big purple plants, and I bought little fuchsias, which were good. But I said it's a really good garden centre. This one, and the prices are just right. I don't like to feel I'm being exploited. I'm afraid I get very cross with things like that. Eight four eight five zero. Paul says, could a Facebook campaign be set up to petition against Andrew Johnson losing his job in the army? Well, I wouldn't recommend that. The army will make their decision. You know, it might be because the trouble is, we're supposed to be this nation of animal lovers. This is the man who, with his wife, went out there, Katie. They've got one of these Akita fighting dogs. And they saw a cat by the school gate, and they released their dog. And it, you know, far from just chasing it, it grabbed it and and bit its neck in half. And to be honest with you, this man is so vile, words fail me this morning, ladies and gentlemen, on exactly, you know, what, what punishment would be suitable. Just being fined £1,600, as far as I'm concerned, is not enough. It's not a, perhaps I'm perhaps I'm I'm just sort of overreacting. Perhaps I'm just sort of going. Oh no, I really think because I I just don't understand the mentality of somebody like I don't understand how somebody could do that. It's like people who break in and and abuse pensioners. I don't know how somebody can actually live with themselves. I really I don't I don't get that at all. And it's as I've got a bit older, 
I've, I'm becoming less tolerant, I'm afraid. I'm becoming less tolerant of people. I, I'm, you know, I'm the Hangham and Floggham Brigade now. I've decided I don't want these, these people who are going out there and committing, you know, acts against animals for which they have no idea. Do you think that cat was sort of sitting there thinking, what shall I do today? Oh, my God. I mean, that's, that's just so, so awful that I'd, any sort of punishment would be too good for this couple. Any sort of punishment would be too good for them. So I'm glad that they're actually frightened about going out for the, because of the reaction of people, because you're just vile. And the fact he's in the British Army makes me even more sick. So you never know. You never know. Things might, uh, might happen in that department. Here's the all-American girl brainwashed by a bomber. Could she hold the key to the Boston outrage? I don't know. Who knows? And uh, Jan Moyer says, Catherine, the I'm so great. A marathon in full makeup, cathedral cleavage at Lady T's funeral. Shy and retiring Miss Jenkins simply can't help stealing the limelight. This is rich from Jan Moyer, the woman who's had more surgery and still looks like Godzilla. You know, you're the one who's after the publicity, Jan. What do we have the other day? I've had publicity on my hands to show you how, you know, because I don't want to look old. And then you pick on poor Catherine, who, I have to tell you, is stunningly beautiful. Stunningly beautiful. Unlike you, Jan, you're not stunningly beautiful. You probably have inner beauty. You know, I'm hoping so, because it certainly isn't evident on the outside. But it's no good picking on her because she does the marathon. Did you do the marathon, Jan? No, you didn't. Why didn't you do the marathon? Because you're too fat to run. Okay. That's why. So she ran it, and so she's got cleavage. Every time she comes in this building, let me tell you, people walk backwards and forwards down the corridor to look through the studio window to look at her. Seriously. They do it. I can spot them a mile off. They will go, just want to see Catherine Jenkins. They'll never say that about you, Jan. But you mustn't be bitter. She isn't shy and retiring. She's in show business. But she doesn't spend her whole life saying, oh, look, I've had a facelift. I can't keep my husband. You know, I've had to have my hands done and stuff like that. So that's what you do. You know, that's what she does. She runs in the marathon. She probably raised an awful lot of money. How much money have you raised for charity, Jan? You know, we had this the other day. And we had it with a, with a journalist who was complaining that she'd phoned up to get an interview with Joan Collins. And Joan Collins' agent, Peter, had said, we want £10,000. And she went, £10,000? Why? I'm doing her a favour. And, and he said, well, no, she's not really interested. Joan Collins is 80. She doesn't need this kind of publicity. She said, well, I'm doing it for her fans. I thought, no, the fans know everything about Joan Collins. There's nothing more that you could tell them. And I said of this, uh, of, of Carol Malone it is. And I've sa- I said on air yesterday, I mean, you know, you charge a fee for going on Alan Titchmarsh's show, for doing Daybreak this morning and all these other programmes. How about if they turn around and go, what do you want money for? You're promoting yourself. You get paid, very well paid, for having a column in the newspaper. And it's the same with Jan Moyer. Picking on Catherine Jenkins because she put makeup on whilst running the marathon. What difference does that make? Not as vain as you, though, is she, Jan? That's the difference. It's, it's, you know, you can't pick on her because she does something like that. The difference is she sings as well. She sings as well. She isn't shy and retiring. She's in show business. If she was shy and retiring, she'd be like you, hiding behind a newspaper column. You're a bit like an internet troll. A little bit like a troll because you write about her as if she was somebody horrible. And she's not. She's the most pleasant person you'll ever meet. She's charming. She's funny. She's beautiful. She sings. And then you sort of, you say, she can't help stealing the limelight. Only because you put her in the paper. She didn't ask you to put her in the paper. You chose to put her in the paper. You know, you could have picked anybody else, but you didn't. So, um, a little bit pot, kettle and black, I think, on that one. 84850, uk. Uh, Kevin... 
He says, Francine Lewis, looking years off her age. Wouldn't catch us doing that, eh, Steve? Kevin the Milkman's 32, by the way. I'm 37, plus fat. And... <laughs> So now you know. I mean, but the trouble is, I mean, she's she's well over forty. Um, Bev says uh, just back from Jersey. We saw the first show of your pal Julian Clary's tour. Very good entertainment. Giggled all the way through. My only problem is I left my reading glasses in the hire car. This is a worry. As I work for the Post and I can't see anything without them. Huh? Chris says I stopped smoking last June as a result of fifty years of damage to my teeth. I've just finished having all but ten out. Now I look like the Easter Bunny. <laughs> How funny. And Diana says, I've been racked with unbearable pain for a week from a broken wisdom tooth abscess. Oh, God. Coincidentally, I already had a dental appointment booked for tomorrow. Knowing the dentist wouldn't work on the tooth with an abscess raging, I rang the doctor for an antibiotic, and I started on uh, amoxicillin last Tuesday, and the pain and infection has now gone. But I've spent the week in a haze of painkillers and swabs of oil of cloves. Brilliant topical painkiller. The pain was so excruciating, one pain, I nearly took a hammer to it. I mean, I, I had the same thing. When I had my abscess years ago, I can remember lying in bed, waking up with the pain, because it's like a little reservoir, which is pushing on the root, and banging the tooth. To, well, of course, that doesn't make any difference, but you feel better doing it. But you're right, the moment they actually put you on the antibiotics, it seems to kill the pain. But the moment on my one, I had it drilled out, and it was like draining a little reservoir. Oh, the f- relief! I know we don't like going to the dentist, but, and they always, they'd poke their head round the door and go... Won't be long, be with you in a minute. God, you sit there thinking, oh dear, why can't they just put me out? Why can't they just sort of knock me over the head with a hammer? Can you imagine years ago? Imagine years ago when we didn't have anaesthetics. And if you were going into a hospital to have an amputation done, they'd give you a bottle of whiskey. And you'd get yourself so drunk, and then they would hold you down, and they would literally cut your limb off while you're awake. There was no such thing as an anaesthetic. And teeth, the same. Imagine if you had an abscess back in Victorian times. Well, you must have gone mad with the pain. Mad with it. Never mind. Uh, other stories in the in the papers. The uh, the BBC facing a bit of a probe over Rowan Atkinson's comic relief lampooning the Archbishop of Canterbury. Talk about that one. And, um, and also the, uh, the foreign criminals who can avoid jail if they promise to leave Britain for five years. Riveting, isn't it, really? Uh, plus, we have the uh, the gadget giveaway. What can we offer you today? It's a very, very nice prize. Very nice prize. And we'll do that after the news at five, which is next on 97.3. Morning. Happy St George's Day. Not sure how we celebrate or whether we celebrate or whether or not this will be the last year that we celebrate. But happy St George's Day anyway. Whatever it may be. Normally I get some cards, actually, for St George's Day. They actually do make them. I think Clinton's sell St George's Day cards. So that's quite a nice thing to do, isn't it? Got to wish, you know, we do St Patrick's Day. Why should we do St George's Day? The fact he's Turkish is neither here nor there. Nicola Finchley says, happy St George's Day. There you go, you see? It's catching. Already we're all, we're all doing it now. We're all just being, all just being nice people. Uh, which which is good. It doesn't happen very often, does it, in this day and age? It really doesn't. Uh, one here from... From, 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 from... Oh, I've lost the blooming thing, actually, now. Sorry, there we go. Um, this is uh, one... He says, uh, First of all, love the new addition to your gallery of stars. Your Sophia Loren was spot on. Mad goes boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, booty, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and did I hear you say you hadn't heard of Matter of Life and Death, or was I having a senior moment? You have, you know. It's David Niven and Roger Livesey, and tells the story of a fighter pilot who gets into difficulty and is talked down by June, the radio operator. Yeah, but I haven't seen the film. 
We have talked about it, you're right, but I haven't, I haven't seen it. He's rushed to hospital, straight into theatre and put under. He dreams that he goes to this big moving staircase to heaven and a trial takes place to see if she should be there or not. Directed by Michael Powell, released in 1946. All oh, right. It sounds quite good, actually. And uh, also, um, uh, an Archer's film, the team behind The Red Shoes and the Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, among many others. The Apartment is a Billy Wilder film and stars, among others, Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemmon and covers the life of the occupants of, uh, uh, well, a block of flats in New York. Very watchable, says Paul in Manchesterford. I'm going to have to get this one, A Matter of Life and Death. I'm going to write, write down A Matter of Life and Death, producer, and I, sh- I shall order it later. Because I've decided I want to see it now. Uh, 84850, apparently, uh, says... uh, I don't know who this is, actually. But somebody listening in in Australia. So you deserve everything you get. Says, you just put me off my lunch with all your dental chat. Last year it cost me $1,200 for a single filling in Australia. I'm listening to you in Victoria. A place called Geelong. Or Geelong. I should imagine it's Geelong, I should imagine. 1200 You see, I don't know what the, what the rate is on the Australian dollar. It, can be, it depends how much work is involved, though. On my one, he, he sort of trimmed the tooth down and then he cracked the last bit of it. It was like somebody twisting, you know, a piece of marble in your mouth. It was not very good. Um, you mentioned the very funny one-off, says Paul, still in Manchester, but off their rockers yesterday and was wondering if it was a one-off. It isn't. They're on to episode four this week, all still available on the ITV player. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. It's nice to know where we are with these things, isn't it? Because otherwise I, I lose track of it. Uh, yes, we did say yesterday, Chris, about Mick Philpot and the women who were writing to him in prison saying they want to visit him. They've been sending him naughty pictures of them in their underwear and stuff like that. Um, in yesterday's paper, they said the temperature is due to drop back to freezing by next week. I know it's, it's not looking promising at all, is it? It really isn't. Uh, I went to Angels yesterday to do the tour. Says Jen, it was truly amazing. Mark is a great character and just wonderful. Take his round. He says he remembers you well. Oh, God, I didn't know they did tours of angels. This is the. Do you know, funny we were talking about this earlier on today. I was talking about this with a friend of mine about the uh, photographs up on the LBC website, which are on the Steve Allen page. And it's got uh, me in all the pantomime costumes and stuff like that, which is quite nice. Quite nice. So uh, if you want to. I thought they were quite good anyway. And you could download them. Uh, don't forget our gadget giveaway for today. After yesterday, Catherine Leary from Boreham Wood got herself the fabulous digital camera. So, well done to you. Congratulations. Today, because we're obviously doing airport codes this week. That's all I'm allowed to tell you. Uh, today, I'm giving away the brand new Google Nexus 10 tablet. It's like the iPad. Okay, only it's Google's version of it. It's wonderful. This amazing Android tablet has just been released. It's already getting some rave reviews. You could get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning. So one lucky listener will win the Google Nexus 10 today by answering this question correctly. What is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Luton Airport? What is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Luton Airport? To enter, text the word GADGET, G-A-D-E-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and then send that to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So it's GADGET, then your answer... And then send that to 84850 by 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Uh, if you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network. Full terms conditions online at LBC.com. 
www.ofcourt.co.uk. Good luck, because it's a very, very, very nice prize. And uh, it's the kind of thing I'm hoping that it's your name we read out tomorrow morning on the programme. Uh, Beverly says, you're making me laugh more than usual this morning. It's always a good thing, isn't it? Mind you, that's what happens if you drink. You know, if you drink first thing in the morning, you do tend to find things funny. She said, uh, apart from all the news about the Johnsons and their dog, what a wicked pair. I hate any sort of cruelty to animals. Uh, this is uh, so abhorrent. Their punishment is nothing as they deserve, far too lenient. I, too, seem to be getting more intolerant the older I get. But we're too soft in this country when it comes to punishment for crime. I mean, I just... If you've just woken up, the, the story is that this couple who come from Colchester, he's in the army, so presumably they live on base... They go out with their Akito fighting dog. You know, a stupid dog to have if you're in the army anyway, but there you go. It's, you know, no such thing as stupid dogs. It's only stupid owners. But this particular dog obviously had a thing about cats. So they go past a school. A school, mind you. You know, they're so thick. They're so thick. They're even beyond thick. And they decide, they see a cat, and they let their dog off the lead. They deliberately let their dog off the lead, and it goes for the cat, and it rips it to pieces. And they've been fined £1,600 and been ordered to do community service, which they won't get paid. And I keep thinking, I don't know what punishment I would give this pair. I I can't think of anything, you know, that the courts could hand out. I mean, he should undoubtedly be kicked out of the army. Why would you want somebody like that in the army? Quite clearly, the man's unstable. He's not all there in the upstairs department, is he? Kick him out and his wife. Horrible people. Horrible, horrible people. I can understand it if this was happening in parts of Spain where they push push donkeys off the roof of churches because it's something they've been doing for hundreds of years or they have bullfighting, which looks sadly dated now, I'm afraid. But, you know, for, to find somebody in Colchester, I mean, he really must be the thickest of the thick, mustn't he? You know, I mean, I just can't... I mean, that's what obviously the judge thought thought the same thing, I'm afraid. And so then, then decided they were going to be fined this huge amount of money. It's not enough. The dog's not been destroyed because, to be brutally honest with you, the dog... You know, it probably wasn't the dog's fault. It was the owners letting it off the... That's what they have these dogs on leads for. They should they should make sure they stay on leads. It's very... Oh, just a horrible couple. Horrible couple. I'm looking at a picture of them. They're ugly as well. Makes me feel better by saying that. I always fetch you, if you can demean somebody, you know, and say, you know, they're not a nice couple. Andrew and Katie Johnson, on their wedding day, he's a smug-looking fat bloke, and she's uh, got the Croydon facelift going on. So they're ugly as well as not 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 even attractive inside, ladies and gentlemen. Hewn and Price will be tagged and freed from prison within weeks. He doesn't want to pay his money, even though he's a millionaire. You'll pay, you'll pay. They all pay. Everybody pays. Uh, a lot of reaction yesterday to the Jade Goody story that they're going to take the remaining 400 grand that she's got uh, in the bank. I think there's about a million in there. And I think that will just all go to the tax man. Unless somebody's going to fight it. I don't know how they're going to fight it, because they, they've done the accounts and they've decided they want their money, and they want more money than they originally asked for. They originally asked for 600000 and now they've decided they want an extra 400000 Which should take it over the million, which means that Jade will have left precisely nothing for the boys. Not a penny piece. Not a penny piece. Which, of course, is, is not brilliant news for Jeff Brazier, who's now going to have to work for all three of them. You know, and if, if his work dries up, which, of course, it can in television, you know, it's a bit hit and miss. You know, you're in, you're in one day and then you're, you're out the next, I'm afraid. It's a very fickle business. And he's now got three mouths to feed. And we haven't even got to their serious education yet. Uh, one here, which is... Uh, this is uh, from, 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 from... Oh, Neil inquiring about the teeth. 
Yes, the the teeth yesterday. He said, I hate it when the dentist tilts you black back. Our bloke almost has you upside down. Yeah, well, that's what this is uh, on this one. My feet are tilting back. He said, just tip your head back. Oh. I tried to moan and make a lot of noises. It always, always adds to it. I was explaining to somebody earlier on about uh, when I was younger, I had a, a Valium injection. Because if you weren't very good at the dentist, they gave you a Valium injection. They had to have a nurse there to administer a Valium injection. It's not like the Novocaine. And, um, and I could, then I just closed my eyes and I nodded off, sort of. I was sort of aware of what was going on. Then they tried to wake me up and I came to with them sort of going, Stephen, wake up. And I thought, I could hear them, but I thought, no, I'm going to keep my eyes closed. Just to panic them a little bit. So I did. I thought, I'm determined not to open my eyes and go, boo-boo. Well, I didn't do that at all. <laughs> just sort of kept them closed. I could hear the panic in their voices. Hear the panic in their voices. I like the idea that in uh, Sheffield, have you ever been to Sheffield? It is like stepping back about 35 years. It's worth going, though. Um, They've decided they want their ice cream vans, which patrol the city, to be improved every five years. So they want you to go and buy a new van every five years. Well, I was always led to believe that ice cream vans last for donkey's years. Some are painted beautifully. Uh, We used to have, in my day, Mr Whippy. I think it was ice cream. Yes, uh, we had Miss Mr Whippy, and he had a little tune that went along with it. Many of them played green sleeves. Dung, 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 dung. Why green sleeves? I've got no idea. No mention of the word ice cream or ice lollies anywhere in the tune of, of, of green sleeves. Dung, 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 dung. And you get Mum, Mum, the ice cream man, the ice cream man! And you go, what? Give me some money, give me some money. So your mum would give you some money. You go, rush it. He's moved on! And so you'd have to run round the corner to find... Bling, 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 bling. Where is he? And then you'd find him, and she'd queue up. And by the time you get there, you'd look at, and you're looking at all the, all the pretty pictures on the windows. You go, I don't know how banana... And he goes, yes, I um, haven't decided yet. Banana, uh, I don't know, banana lolly or raspberry lolly. And you've got no idea what ice cream to buy, have you? You're clutching your little bit of money. And then, and then you start eating it on the way back, because otherwise it starts dripping down your hands. So by the time you get back home, you've eaten the blooming thing. Or failing that, the worst that could ever happen, you buy an ice lolly and it falls off the stick! And you're left holding a stick. And your ice lolly is no more. It's on the ground and you can't pick up ice lollies and put them back on the stick. And you think... And it's at that moment that you think, what would the Queen Mother do? You know, if you drop your ice lolly on the floor, what could you do? You just have to stand and you... I've got a stick! You know, and so so what, what do you do? You put the stick in your mouth. Yeah. I can just taste a little bit of raspberry. And you look, and your little ice lolly, and the worms are eating your ice lolly. They've benefited from it. And all of a sudden, you hate worms. You don't like worms anymore because they've eaten your raspberry ice lolly. And that's why growing up as a kid is so much fun. It really is. We've all done it. Come on, admit it. I had an oyster the other day. You know where they do the two things? And Oh, that was lovely, but mess. Crikey. All over the place. Quarter past five. <laughs> News headlines with Dan Whitehead. The Met Police says the number of crimes in London over the last... 97.3. Coming up with Nick Fari after the news at seven this morning. After it's emerged, police are looking into a YouTube clip, apparently showing a woman shouting racial abuse at a man on a district line train. Nick will be asking why this is still happening on the public transport system. Plus, looking at the papers today, Mark Constantine, MD of Lush. We're joining Nick to review the... The papers. Uh, there's also that uh, that woman in uh, Bali. She's lost her, her her hearing. The British government are not going to fund another appeal. I mean, to be honest with you, I think they've just washed their hands, and so they should. So they should. People writing. I don't think people have quite worked out that Samantha Brick is really thick as that she's she says stuff for effect because she's so insecure. And a lady has written Samantha Brick goes on the television the other day. Why they use her? I've got no idea. The woman's an idiot. But uh, she says that there's nothing that signifies failure more than fat. 
And so, of course, lots of people have written in, saying, you know, this airhead who claims she was so gorgeous. I mean, she's not gorgeous. She's very, very average. Very, very average. With a husband who's so gay. I mean, I've, he looks like he's a, a, the, the member they didn't want in the village people. She says, oh, I can't take him out because people fancy him. She, she is living... What, what she's done is she's created this stupid world where she knows she's writing rubbish. She knows she's talking rubbish, but it gets people talking about her. So, in other words, she's sort of playing the devil's advocate, but she doesn't play it very well because she is plain. She's not, she's not attractive in any way, shape or form. Nothing she says is, is ever attractive. And she says something for an effect, because it gets people writing in. You mustn't, mustn't fall for it all the time. Samantha Brick is thick as. But she's there, she's just, you know, I'm, I'm too gorgeous, other women do. She, has, she had to write that because she knows she's a plain Jane. Or a plain Sam, I'm afraid, which isn't, which isn't quite as good, is it? 84850, uk. Don't forget, you can follow me on, on Twitter. Uh which is at Steve Allen Show. Somebody wrote in the other day and said, I've been uh, listening to LBC now for five years. Well, I've got people who can beat your hands down on that one. I've got people who've been going for more than 30, I'm afraid. Uh, Jenny says, you sure you don't have hay fever? I might. I might, actually. I'm, I'm not... I just know that my nose has streamed for the past two days, I'm afraid. Um, and Nick wrote to me. He says, uh, Hans Moretti's obit. Yes, I knew all about... Uh, Hans Moretti. Good Lord. Len Grote as well, which is lovely. I like, I like Len Grote. I remember Len Grote from ages and ages and ages ago. Um, another one here. This is from uh, Chris. He says, I'm happy to tell you that, uh, that Channel 5 are bringing you more Eddie Stobart documents. Oh, no. Why ruin my day? Why ruin my... It's only Tuesday. Don't ruin my day, I'm afraid. Don't ruin my day. Um, another one here. This is, I uh, hope the dentist goes okay. Soup, rice pudding and custard, please. Thank you. Every, the amount of people who, uh, who were saying to me, you know, hope you go well at the dentist. Actually, it went a lot better than I thought. It did go an awful lot better. An awful lot better. Uh, anyway, what else have we got in the papers today? Let's have a quick look at the... Uh, I don't know what to go for, actually. I tell you what, should we go for something completely different? Should we go and see, see what the Independent are up to? Never, I know, we've never done the Independent. Oh, goodness me, I don't don't know where to begin on the Independent. But they, on their front page, they're looking at uh, Google Boss, who cares how much tax we pay. Uh, Luis Suarez, Matthew Norman is writing. Matthew Norman and I go back many years. He used to be a a regular on my programme. That actually, as did all the MPs, Virginia Bottomley, everybody, all the the ones who, who now are sort of... High flyers in government. They all started on LBC. Uh, the jailed former minister and his ex-wife, Vicky Price, wearing electronic tags. They'll be released in, in May. The arrogance of the pair. The arrogance. Uh, ITV ordered to shape up after Patsy Kensit was uh, allowed to plug. I mean, it's, it's product placement. That's exactly what it was. I'm afraid of she was allowed to talk about it as opposed to admitting to everybody that um, she's paid. She's paid. She's a paid-up member, I'm afraid. A paid-up member. Uh, they've also got lots of, lots of other programmes here. Uh, they're also being investigated over at the BBC, their coverage of the Oxford and Cambridge boat race, where the, um, there was bad language, I think. The team Cox, was it Oscar Zarilla, who was using the foot word, and then apologised afterwards. I don't think apologising afterwards actually is, is any use. I really don't, I'm afraid. I just... I just... I, they know what they're doing, and they do it, and they just go, oh, terribly sorry. They don't seem to be accountable to anybody, the BBC. Uh, the dominance of young actors is in the independent... Oh, much more interesting stories, don't they? This is one about actors now. 
And they say that if you come from a, a private school, it's, uh, it's, it's easier than it is for kids who go to poorer backgrounds, you know, for ordinary schools to actually break into show business. I never thought about it. I thought that there was a phase at one time in this business of lots of sort of well-to-do actors and everybody spoke terribly plummy. And it was and it was quite good. But now I thought I thought that the, the that they do use actors from an ordinary background because that they're looking for that that gritty realism. That that's what they want. They want the gritty realism. Somebody who who sounds like they come from the streets, although over in Coronation Street they've almost taken it to pantomime level, where they have you know Mad Mary, who's a pantomime character. I mean I'm, I can't work out if she's like Dev and she's just a chronically bad actress, or if the character's part has been written so badly that it comes over that way. Because either way, I cannot watch it anymore, I'm afraid. I, I really can't. It just doesn't, doesn't work at all for me. <laughs> I watch it and I just, I just find myself getting annoyed. I shouldn't do. Uh, major breakthrough here's uh, Richard, I don't mind a bit of publicity, Branson. And this is where they're talking about the aviation industry and how they're taking it on. Because Richard Branson's going to launch this thing which, we, which you can go float around in space. For some huge amount of money. I wouldn't mind doing that. I can't remember what you have to pay, though. Is it a quarter of a million? Whatever it is, you know, there's biofuels in aviation they're talking about in the paper today and why their sustainability sustainability is so important. Uh, on the front page of The Times, they've got the 30 richest under 30s. Oh, I love this stuff. I love, I love finding out how much people have got. Uh, they've also got this house. This is the one which is up for 250 million. It's too big for anybody. You know, it is of ambassadorial purport. The staircase is lovely, but I d- 250 million, I'm not too sure about that. I think it's a bit too much. Right, who's on the rich list? Here are people you've never heard of, OK? Uh, you might have heard of these ones, actually. Fawn and India Rose. OK, who, who do you think that is? Fawn, what, what do you think? I'll tell you that they've got £329 million. Pounds. Who are they? Where did their money come from? Answer, it came from, I think, their grandfather, which is the porn publisher, Paul Raymond. When he died, he left it to India Rose. Uh, James, 27 and 21, uh, 329 million they control. Robin Aurora, 28 and family, 1,100 million. What the dickens do they do? Simon and Bobby Aurora, sons of a cash and carry owner from Manchester. Wow. Second, as uh, recession struck, they sort of took over. So that's why they've got... They've, uh, they actually have taken over B&M, a loss-making business with 21 stores in the northwest of England. And then they actually bought it. And, uh, and they ended up with, uh, with the Woolworth sites up there. Doesn't, doesn't affect us down there, because I don't even know what that is, I'm afraid. Uh, Thomas Mackey and family. Now, that sounds like whiskey, is it? No, it's not, actually. It's City Electrical. Just sounded like whiskey. Uh, looking at some pictures in the paper today, Daniel Eck, who's a Swede, and uh, again he does uh, downloading, two hundred and fifty million. Tom Pearson, three hundred million, Swedish, and uh, lives in lives in I think London, lives in London, and it's uh, Hennes. It's H and M. They own H and M. Daniel Radcliffe. So always so pleased to see Daniel Radcliffe in there, because he's the most unassuming person you'll ever meet. 60 million. In fact, he's in all the papers today. He's in all the papers today because he went to a wedding, a private wedding, and because he's not tall, they, they've got a photograph of him with a girl 
who's very tall, and of course it just makes him look even smaller. I mean, she is actually huge. I think they, they deliberately sent her to the, to the wedding to make him look small. Uh, then there's uh, Pete Cashmore. I've never heard of Pete Cashmore, but he's, um, he's in the tech industry. He's one of the most respected voices. 60 million. 60 million. Uh, Sam, Sam Barnett is worth 50 million, and Sam is an entrepreneur. Uh, he's the latter. He's got a company called Struck. Uh, he started this company with £2,000. He's now worth £50 million. You see, there's still an opportunity out there for you to make an awful lot of money. Um, also Adele, of course, she's making a lot of money. She's doing quite well. Uh, Chris Edwards Jr., 30. He's, uh, he's Pound World, £150 million. And who else have we got in it? There was, there was loads of people you never heard of who seem to have an awful lot of money, which is nice, which is quite nice. So, number one, with £1,100 Robin Aurora, who's 28. They've, they've just done something, actually, now. They've uh, sold a stake to a US private equity firm for just under £970 million. It's just telephone numbers, isn't it? We don't know what it means. It's just telephone numbers. So there you go. We've had a look at the, at the big boys' papers today, and we quite like that idea. There's not, not as many good stories as there are about Simon Cowell in the papers today. And uh, now they say that this is the story about the X Factor star, Ella Henderson, whose family homes were raided up in, I think, just outside Grimsby. And uh, the police are looking at allegations of money laundering. I haven't got any money to money launder. I wish I had. Why do you want to wash your money? I can't understand why you'd want to do that. Uh, And also the Hollywood actress, Reese Witherspoon, who's made a grovelling apology. Why? I'll tell you after the news, which is next. Time now, 5.30. 27 minutes to 6. Very overcast today. I'm looking out the window thinking, where is the, where is the sunshine? And the answer is, I'm here. Thank you. And a little ray of sunshine this morning. Very miserable day. Let's have a quick check, shall we, on the weather forecast. If you're lying in bed at the moment, this, this is going to determine whether or not you're actually going to get out of bed today. And I suspect there's no point. Dr- oh, I don't know. Dry and cloudy, bright spells, warmer in the afternoon. Oh, there's no forecast of rain at all. This is looking very promising. Currently 10 degrees. It's going to rise to 18 Dry with clear periods most of the night, becoming cloudy from the west. Minimum 11 degrees centigrade. Tomorrow, dry and cloudy. Warm spells. Cloud thickening to bring some patchy light rain. That's OK. You can cope with patchy light rain. Thursday, cloudy and warm spells, ladies and gentlemen. And then Friday, outbreaks of rain clearing. Saturday, fresher conditions with sunshine and showers. Woo! I don't have to go to the dentist till Monday. That is the good news as far as I can. You walk out with a smile and a, an extra spring in your step which is good news. So today it's going to be 18... I might undo an extra button on the shirt. I might push the boat out a little bit. Ooh, extra button on the shirt. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, bite chain footballer Luis Suarez is only back yesterday was bad boy Joey Barton. Why do I keep reading about this buffoon, Joey Barton? Who is he? Some idiot or something? Is he another one of these stupid footballers? Barton came out in support of Suarez on Twitter, claiming aggression was all part of the Uruguayans game. Well, aggression, we, I can understand... You know, somebody playing tennis and throwing their racket down. and not biting someone. That's just a bit stupid, isn't it? But then Joey Barton probably is a bit stupid. I don't know. I'm constantly reading about this man, but I don't know anything about him. I just think he's a, he's a bit of an idiot, I'm afraid. A little bit of an idiot. Other stories in the papers for today. It's all Patsy Kensett, you know, and this free plug that Alan Titchmarsh's show gave her. And uh, it's, it, was, it was blatant product placement. 
blatant product placement. I mean, it shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed. There are rules governing it. You know, we have to work very strictly to Ofcom guidelines. The BBC seems to be not bothering with just about anything at all. They just get, oh, we do acknowledge the fact that we might have made a mistake on something, and that's as far as they go. They never do anything. Nobody ever gets wrapped over the knuckles. That's why yesterday's story was so stupid about Carol Vaudman. And uh, she was turned down for a job at the BBC because a drunk producer or executive said that her boobs were too small. Well, quite clearly, it's just one of those silly things. He put his feet up on the desk. He quite clearly had a few drinks. He went, yeah, you made it because your boobs are too small. And that's, you know, that was just, I suppose in that day and age, it would have been seen as another sexist boss. But nobody cared about it. Nobody cared about it. But she, and this was from the 80s. But Carol Vorderman decided to sort of regurgitated again. The BBC had promised to investigate, so we'll have to wait about another ten years, you know, for that one to actually occur, I'm afraid. Treat yourself to the apartment, says Winnie. This is one of the these romantic films. Uh, the, the top one being Brief Encounter. I was there with Gerald on the station. You know, that, that one. It's a classic, apparently, The Apartment. I never tire of watching it. You won't go wrong with that or any Billy Wilder film, including Some Like It Hot and Sunset Boulevard. Loving your rendition of Green Sleeves. It would make a good ringtone. Get LBC to clip it and make it available as a download. Well, it, well to be honest with you, I mean, all I have to do is go... Bling, 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 And people can download that. You can just... Take it when you pay for the podcast. You can cut it out and use it. I give you my full permission. I've waived copyright. I'm not actually sure whether or not the people who wrote Green Sleeves are actually bling 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 bling. It's not as good. Boom buddy boom buddy boom buddy. We had them all this morning, haven't we? Had the whole set in on the program. On the subject of the rich list. Uh, Arthur says, I noticed there weren't any travellers in the rich list. Well, there should have been that bloke who was done the other week, because they say he's worth £100 million. This is This is the one... It's all cash, isn't it? This is the one who's got a helicopter and a 15-year-old son who goes knocking on doors. And uh, they live in a posh house, but because it's too posh, they only live in two rooms. It's all a bit sad, really, but uh, they don't want to talk about how much money they've got. Because it's... Uh, apparently, they, they just don't. They just don't, don't talk about how much money they've got. Or where they get it from. In fact, actually, the programme was so much rubbish, it didn't tell, didn't tell you anything at all. I was, I was quite disappointed, I'm afraid, that I didn't learn anything that I had not learnt before. I knew everything before. In fact, I could probably tell them a few things as well. I could probably tell them a few things. They're generally exposed on television programmes when they come round and pretend they're cutting trees down and tarmacking your drive. Ian Highland is talking about Peter Andre, my life, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, good old Peter's there. And last week, Pete indulged in a spot of decorating. Which literally means, he says, we were watching paint dry. Pete then came out with quote of the decade as he refused to discuss his first Valentine's Day with his new girlfriend, Emily, in his magazine column. I don't want people to think, oh, God, can't this guy keep anything private? That's what he said. Oh, God, I don't want anybody to think this guy can't keep anything private. Of course, it goes without saying, the lovebirds proceeded to reveal all about their romantic night for the ITV2 cameras instead. Emily certainly appears to like the cameras. Oh, she's lapping it up, let me tell you. It's taken her roughly about one and a half weeks to work out that she loves the cameras. Oh, does she love it? Oh, Pete, you can't see it, can you? And, of course, Pete likes the cameras as well, which is lovely. I mean, as, as long as they're actually capturing as much footage of him, you know, cuddling her and her cuddling his children with another woman. And, I mean, if you didn't know better... 
Ian Highland says, I'd say he was merely rubbing their mum's nose in it. But I'm sure that's not the case. And I'm equally sure that when Pete made the big show of pointing out how beautiful Emily is without makeup, it was a single compliment from a man in love. An old man in love with a very much younger girl. And not a sly old dig at his ex-wife who has a tendency to oh, slap the old stuff on, you know. Uh, he said, I'm happy to report that Pete sent Valentine's cards to his kids. So, yes... He does still love them, so stop worrying, everybody. Pete loves his kids, OK? And his girlfriend loves the cameras and loves playing up to them because, you know, she's... Because, it's, let's face it, it's the only bit of publicity she's ever going to get. Because when, when she finishes with them, that'll be about the, the end of it, I'm afraid. Uh, no doubting the best impressionist on the show at Britain's Got Talent at the weekend, David Walliams. His impression of a man trying to pretend Francine Lewis is a complete unknown was almost faultless. He says, Francine has been doing impressions on TV for years, of course. She was on primetime Channel 4 as recently as last year. It appears there's now such a dearth of new talent that you have to worry who Britain's Got Talent will try sneaking past us next. Les Dennis reprising his, well, I don't really know, Rita. I'm doing his Mavis. Actually, even Les isn't desperate enough to agree to that. He's already had enough no's from Amanda Holden for one lifetime. Oh. Well, it's a shame, because we like Les Dennis when he came in. But it's right, David Wallen's going, oh, you're an impressionist, are you? I thought, well, where have you been? Have you been under a rock or something? Even Simon Cowell must have been well aware who she is. It's lovely, actually, on Daybreak last week, Cheryl Cole, in a pre-recorded interview with the world's worst interviewer, claimed that Simon Cowell still has a lot of making up to do to her. Which I thought was hilarious. He says, so now we're saying it was Simon Cowell's fault that she was so woefully out of her depth on X Factor USA, the network bosses felt they had no option other than to sack her. You know, but of course, I mean, nothing as deluded as poor old Cheryl. Why, eh? I'm a canny lass. Because we're worth it. Lovely. We love her. And, um... <laughs> I had no problem, says Ian Highland, with this morning giving Samantha Brick the airtime to repeat her If You're Fat, You're a Failure nonsense on Monday. I just wish they'd invited her in on Friday instead, because Eamon Holmes would have had her for breakfast. Well, Elevenses. <laughs> Such a cruel thing to say. That's why they put her on during the week, I should imagine. And uh, what else are you talking... Sometimes he's actually... He's, he's spot on the money, Ian Highland. Sometimes it's, it's not. I mean, he, he's absolutely right with Peter Andre. The programme has run its course. The girlfriend is now, she's learned how to pose. This is a student. Mm, aren't I sexy? Mm, look, Pete loves me. He's an old man, but I don't care. You know, ridiculous, isn't it? It's ridiculous. So uh, I'm glad that we were able to repeat that for you today. I'm also able to repeat the gadget giveaway. Because, especially, just for you, to go no further, after Catherine Leary from Boreham Wood. We've now bigged up Boreham Wood this morning. We've put it on the map and Catherine's going, yeah. She got herself that fabulous digital camera yesterday because she knew the answer. LGW is the code for Gatwick Airport. Today, in the gadget giveaway, you can win the brand new Google Nexus 10 tablet. The Google Nexus 10 tablet. This Android tablet has only just been released. It's already earning some rave reviews. It's like the iPad. OK, that's the best way I can drive it to describe it to you. It's Google's version of the iPad. You can get your hands on it, if you know the answer to this question, and you are picked out. One lucky listener will win the Google Nexus 10 today. I'll be reading your name out tomorrow morning on the programme. You need to know the answer to this question. What is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Luton Airport? What's the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Luton Airport? To enter, text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, to 
84850, 84850, before 6.30 this morning. So you've got just under the hour. You've got about 46 minutes. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network, and full terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. It's a very, very, very nice prize. Very, very nice prize. We like that a lot, actually. Uh, The other show I was going to do, uh, Ella Henderson. This was a girl who was on, as I say, she was on uh, The X Factor. She didn't win. She came sixth. But her parents, who apparently something in property, uh, are being investigated by the police. They're being questioned over alleged money laundering. They went to the houses, yet they have two houses just outside Grimsby. There's always something, isn't there? Every time you open up the paper and you think, well, how do they find out about this? I mean, who actually tipped off the newspapers that Ella Henderson's parents were being investigated by police? So much so that they managed to get a photographer there as the police were unloading the stuff out of the house. Now, I don't want to appear naive, but surely that's somebody from the police force, isn't it? How would they know? The call, you know, the police station would be investigating something. They go, right, we're going to go to Ella Henderson's parents' house. And they managed to get a photographer there who can get pictures in the newspapers of the police standing outside the garage, unloading stuff out like little chests of drawers and filing cabinets and stuff like that. Well, that's a tip-off, isn't it? I thought we've seen people carpeted for this. They're not supposed to tip off the police. It was like, you know, tipping off the police about which celebrity... I mean, I had a friend of mine, I can't tell you who it is or identify him or her in any way, shape or form. The police wanted him to leak the name of a celebrity on a programme so that other people would actually come forward with allegations of abuse. Because it's now got so ridiculous that there's all these celebrities who've been questioned. There's only one person in court, as far as I know, and that's Stuart Hall. I don't think anybody else is. And they, they now have to decide, presumably, whether or not all those people who've sued Jimmy Savile's estate are going to get their time in court. I don't see how it's going to work. Quarter to six. News headlines with Dan Whitehead. The Met Police claims there's been a big drop in the number of gun and knife attacks. Yesterday we were talking about houses at school. When you were were at certain schools, I can't remember what sort of schools it was, it didn't appear to be everybody's school, you were in a house, so that if you were running, you were in... I was in Saxons, and we had Romans, but I couldn't remember the other two that we had. And Lawrence said, my school in Lee Green, South East London, was Saxons, Normans, Romans and Danes. I think ours were a bit more, you know, I can't remember what ours were. We definitely had Saxons and Romans, but I can't remember what the other two were. It definitely wasn't Normans and, and Danes. But, that, but it, it's, it was signified your house by a coloured um, sash kind of thing, like a, a piece of, like a ribbon. And so when you were doing the running, they could see whose house was doing the best. Although what we did with it, I don't know. As I said yesterday, it isn't like the frat, uh, the fraternities in America. So that's, uh, that's why. Uh, here you go. Jenny was the one who said um, ibuprofen uh, or diclofenic will help with the, with the dentist. Well, diclofenic did, definitely did help. Definitely did help. I wasn't actually sure whether I was off with the pixies when I was at the dentist yesterday. But either way, it seemed to make it better. And I remember thinking, I've got two diclofenic tablets left. I might have to persuade the doctor to give me a few more. I only want, only want a few more, just to sort of keep me, uh, keep me going. More in the papers today about the best cliffhanger since Who Shot JR? And that was more years ago than I care to remember. When we, because you won't remember, many of you, about Dallas, and you won't remember the fact that somebody had shot, and it was Kirsten, I think, who shot JR. 
sorry to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it, but it was Kirsten, and they, they, they brought the film in to be shown on the television with a big, you know, and here it is coming in with security, and here it is with... And they made a big fuss about it, and the whole country sat down to work out who had shot J.R., there was also another scene in Dallas, wasn't there, where uh, Bobby was doing... And it turned out Bobby was actually having a dream. The whole episodes that we'd seen had just been a dream for poor old Bobby Ewing, which is ever so ever so funny. Oh, the hourglass figures back in fashion. Thank God for that. I was so worried about... I'd never actually be back in again. Um, apparently, women are turning to liposuction to achieve it. Since the 1950s, the average UK woman's waist has increased from 27 inches to 34 that's that's the average now. And the lady, don't even ask about men. Don't even ask about men. We're way above that. Actually. 34. Live in, live in dreamland, ladies. There'll be men listening at the moment going, 34? I haven't seen my feet for the last 15 years. I haven't got away with a 34-inch waist. And the truth is, and I was talking to the dentist about this, it's all this rubbish fast food that's on sale. We never used to have fast food, and we, we were doing much better. Now we've got fast food everywhere. We're not doing as well, I'm afraid. Uh, Kenneth says, Greensleeves was written by Henry VIII. I think it's out of copyright. It's The reason that we couldn't quite work out... Uh, well, there is the reason we can't work out why Greensleeves is played by all the ice cream vans. We couldn't see any link between green sleeves. You've ever heard of green ice cream, apart from mint? But there's nothing, there's nothing that links green sleeves with ice cream, and yet a lot of the ice cream vans play green sleeves. I'd, I'd like a carpenter's tune. You know, that'd be, that'd be fairly good. And uh, watch the finale of Broadchurch last night. You were right about it being the female detective's hubby, which you revealed weeks ago. How did you know, says Mags? Did I reveal it weeks ago? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't aware of it. You sure I revealed it weeks? If I did, then I must have read it in a newspaper because I don't, I've, I've never even seen the program. I was talking to Dan Whitehead, and he said uh, he actually watched. He said he actually got into it very well. Little Julie says, "I'm sure Henry will be proud to hear your version of Greensleeves." So it was written by Henry. Can you imagine Henry VIII writing something like that? The things you learn, ladies and gentlemen. The things you learn. Um, a truly wonderful film. Matter of life and death, says Richard, uh, starring Kim Hunter. As the lovely American girl who in 1968 played the female ape doctor of Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston. So there you go. So it's, this is another film we need to get hold of, Matter of Life. So many films I've got to get hold of. And at the moment, I've... I don't know why, but I was been having a senior moment the other day because I've got boxes of chocolates arriving in the studios. I don't remember ordering chocolates, but I'm assuming I must have done because that's, uh, that's how it works. You've got uh, 35 minutes, just 35 minutes to get your entries in for the, the gadget giveaway for today. And while you're doing that, the, uh, the battle has hotted up. The battle of the Coronation Street babes. Here they are. Michelle Keegan is the bookie's favourite to be hailed soap sexiest female. The trouble is, this is their character. The character is sexiest female. So they've got um, other people. that say Michelle, who plays Tina McIntyre. Well, I couldn't have told you who she played. I've got no idea. And she's up against Georgia May Foote. Uh, EastEnders' Jacqueline Josser, Yorgi Porter, good God, they're still dragging that carcass around, are they? And Emmerdale's Natalie Anderson. I don't know who half these people are, but apparently it's, you know, it's, it's kind of hotted up quite a bit in the stakes and all these babes want their thing, because apparently it means something to them. I don't think it increases your work. I don't think you get more money. I don't really know why they would ever want to go in for these sort of, you know, talentless competitions where they go, oh, well done, you've been named sort of Babe of the Year. And you think, it just encourages people to write filth to you. Because most of these people seem to get all the internet trolls, so I can't see any advantage at all. I've said before, 
you know, lots of actresses around who never went down the route of of sort of spilling their life stories to the papers and telling the papers just about every single thing about them. It kind of takes away the mystery. I think the royal family did that some years ago when they allowed the cameras in to show us what went on behind the scenes. I didn't want to know. I like the idea that it was all terribly mysterious. I like the idea that, that the, the very idea that the Queen actually speaks, I, I found quite horrifying. And the Queen Mother, and she spoke. But I'll tell you the one thing I discovered the other day, and I, I'd never even heard of this before, but apparently this is big business. I picked up a pound coin, and on it was an advert. Have you heard of this before? I'd never heard of it. Apparently big companies, including Sky, put little stickers on pound coins and coinage. So and you have to try and peel it off again. It's a right pain, because you get different companies who've decided to promote their company by advertising on the Queen's currency. Now, if they put it over the wrong side, they can be prosecuted in a court of law. So they put it on the other side. And I spoke to some friends of mine, because he said, oh, he said, you've got one of those coins that's got an advert on it. I said, a coin with an advert on? What the hell's that? And he showed me. And it's a sticker, which has been professionally printed, with sticky on, and they put them on coins. Well, what is the point of that? I, I, I mean, I'd not noticed. I said, has this been going on for a while? He said, yep. He said, we get loads of them. He said, you go to the local news, it can be all sorts of people doing them. He said, Sky did one a short while ago, where all these coins came out into circulation with a Sky advert on it. I said, it must be very small. But the more he showed me, the more I thought... I'd never thought about advertising on coins. People advertise on the pavement. They advertise on the side of buses. They advertise on the radio, thank goodness. And, and now they're doing it on coinage. So you need to check your coins, because the chances are you have a coin in your pocket at the moment that's got an advert on it. And it could be an advert for all sorts of things, but I'd never seen it. And apparently it's been going on for ages. So there you go. Something to surprise you every day in London. Every day. Uh, school houses. Our school houses were Tudor, Windsor, Hanover and Stuart, says Stephen Layton. Oh, right. That sounds, a bit, that sounds a bit more up my street, actually. Tudor, Windsor, Hanover and Stuart, he says. And please say hello to Diana. See, the, the producer was, was Tudor. So I was Saxons. Don't really know much about the Saxons, apart from I was in the house. And I think the ba- I can't remember. I, I thought you said the band was red, but I was sneaking feeling it might have been green. I don't know. Which ties in with green sleeves again, doesn't it? So it's, it's the houses you were in at school, and, and, and some houses were sort of better than other houses, weren't they? And then they sort of, they went, oh, you know, we're very lucky because you're in Saxons or you're in Tudor, and that's one of our favourites. That's a really, really good house to be in. I, I, I can only remember being in it briefly, and I don't even remember having any sort of piece of paper which told me that I was in Saxons. I just sort of, I just was in, I can't remember how you got voted in. Did they ask for you, I think? They might have done. I think you had head of house... And then they'd go, I'll have Stephen. And you go, yeah! Oh, what am I in? Saxons? Oh, I don't want to be in Saxons. And, of course, the worst thing was if you were one of the kids who was left to the last. That was the worst thing. But I was, I was, yes, we were chosen. I'm sure we all stood in the school hall. And they went, right, you to there, you to there, you to there. And that's how it went. I mean, the, the, the producer, producer thinks you were allocated. And then the heads of house were voted in. I can't remember. I cannot remember that side of it. Good God, I mean, it was going back about... Quite a few years, about ten years, wasn't it, ago when I was at school or something like that. So, so that, that's how we think it was. Voted in by your, by your house peers. But apart from that, I can't remember at all. I really can't. Listen, we're going to take a short break for the news. We have to. If you've not got anything, you've got a little trail you can pop in. I think it might be absolutely de rigueur and necessary. Have you got a little trail that you can drop into the programme? Just because we're having one of those days today. 
I shall need to sort of run from the studio in about five seconds, if any longer than that. Are we getting near running a trail? Oh, do tell me. Can we play one? And then it'll go straight into the news? Would that be nice? On LBC 97.3? What a godsend, ladies and gentlemen. Breaks. Some breaking news just in. We're hearing reports of two explosions at the finish line of the Boston Marathon. They appear to have uh, taken place on the pavement uh, alongside the track. Hear it first on London's biggest conversation. Morning. It's Tuesday morning. It's LBC 97.3, which is fantastic. And, uh... Somebody says, I managed to avoid the Broadchurch spoiler until Steve Allen gave the game away. No, it's in all the papers. It's in all the papers. The trouble is, you see, once it's gone in the public domain, you can't hold back with these things. I mean, it's... I remember once... What did I do something? Oh, somebody had written in saying, I was, I was looking forward to watching Coronation Street, the catch-up tonight, but now you've spoiled it for me. You think, it's only pretend... It's only pretend... It's like watching an Agatha Christie. We all know who did it. You just like to watch them all again, don't you? Like watching a Star Wars film, you know. Yeah, and then Bond. Oh, I, that's right, I ruined Bond. I it for a friend of mine. We went out. For, I can't remember. And I said, oh, I said it's awful that, uh, that M dies. He went, no. I said, yeah, sadly she dies in it. And he went, oh, no. He said, I haven't seen it yet. Said, well, you should have done it. It's been out for ages. It's out on, is it out on DVD yet? I can't remember. I think I've got it, actually. Oh, that's right, I've got it. And the reason I've not watched it is it's way too long for me. I've got the attention span of a flea, I'm afraid. I can't. I couldn't sit down and watch anything that lasted that, that long. So uh, I'm sorry to spoil Broadchurch for you, but it is in all the papers for today. And uh, it's the detective's hubby who's exposed as the killer. OK, so just ruined that for everybody else as well. It is the best TV cliffhanger since Who Shot JR? And strangely enough, Broadchurch creator Chris Chibnall says his friends tried to get him drunk so he'd reveal the killer's name. He said, I have been threatened and bribed. People have been asking my wife how much it would cost to get me drunk. He said, but I didn't even tell my friends. You see, it never bothers me, things like that. I mean, I really, you know, I'd never be... I like knowing exactly. But uh, tourism bosses are celebrating after fans of Broadchurch have been flocking to Dorset. And so it's uh, West Bay that they head for, which is where many of the scenes... See, I I haven't seen any of it, so I've got no idea. No idea at all. West Bay news agent Richard Attrill's shop, which was used in the series, has become a magnet for viewers. His shop displays a poster for Broadchurch's funfair, which was left by the TV crew. He said, people are telling me they're coming here because of the series. They do that, though, don't they? You get a very popular TV series. Paul, uh, Paul in Manchester would have to tell me again. Well, went the day well? Where was that filmed again? Where was that film, this little village where they do Vicar of Dibley as well? And that becomes a tourist attraction. People want to go and see the places. When they did uh, The Six Wives of Henry VIII, and it was shown as a, as a, as a parter on the television, uh, all of a sudden people wanted to go to Hampton Court to see where they filmed it. People wanted to go to the gardens. They don't necessarily want to go around the palace. They like going to the gardens. They have a cup of tea. They wander around the maze and they have a look at the grapevine. And that's what they like to do. They like to see the places where... Cause it, it's, because they have... A, it's a bit, of a bit of a living museum at Hampton Court. They have people wandering around in Tudor costume. And uh, sometimes they'll just be in a corner game, <laughs> chatting away to themselves. So they're, they're, they're sort of actors and actresses. Well, I think that's quite a good idea. I think that brings it alive for children. Children like the idea that there's people there. You can always pretend they were ghosts, can't you? Makes it more fun, I think. Uh, 84850. Uh, I've just seen this comment from the Royal Mint 
reported in 2006. Royal Mint attacks taxi firm's coin stunt. A taxi firm has been criticised by the Royal Mail for attaching promotional stickers on pound coins in an advertising campaign. Central Taxis in Edinburgh have been putting vinyl stickers emblazoned with their name and number on each pound coin handed out in their change. Well, I'd, I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of it. Now I'm, now I'm aware of it. I should be checking my money all the time. Uh, Valerie's schoolhouses were Milton, Elgar, Constable and Churchill. She says Milton was yellow, Elgar was red, Constable was green and Churchill was blue. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it, really? Isn't it funny how, p- how people had these, these schoolhouses? I, I never thought about it before. I absolutely never thought about it. going to be a nice day today. You've, you've, I'm delighted that you've joined us just when I can tell you that it's going to be 18 degrees today. <laughs> Make the most of it, because unfortunately it, it, goes, uh, it goes a bit pear-shaped towards the end of the week, but don't worry. We had six houses, says Sharon, at our school. Fontaine, Olivier, Carnegie, Fleming, Shaw and Hillary. All oh, right. Don't want to be in Hillary House, do you? Although even I have a very good friend called Hillary. Uh, Lynn says, your rendition of Greensleeves reminded me of the worst live band ever. <laughs> they started playing Greensleeves, but they couldn't find a way of successfully ending the piece and kept playing it for 27 minutes. I told somebody, there used to be a, a, a group years ago called, uh, it was a guy called Norman Greenbaum. And Norman Greenbaum had a hit single called Spirit in the Sky, which was, when I die and they lay me to rest. And they got booked on the strength of being in the charts, and they went out to a cup, but they only had the one song, and that was Spirit in the Sky. And I think they ended up playing it 45 times. They got to the end, and they started again from the beginning, which I like. Just turn on the radio, says Pete. When I was 16-year-old police cadet, the four house blocks were Trenchard, Main, Rowan and Fielding. Green, red, blue and yellow. Good Lord. Trenchard, Main, Rowan and Fielding. See, I didn't realise that people had these things here. Our houses at primary school, says Glynis, were the four patron saints. I was in Red St George. At grammar school, they were painters, Gainsborough, Lowry, Turner. Oh, amazing what you learn, isn't it, when you, d- when you discover these uh, things. Claire in Kent did go to the dentist. And uh, what I thought would be a checkup, and had a bottom tooth removed. I've always looked after my teeth, and I don't smoke, rarely drink, and I've never had a sweet tooth. Yet in two years, I've had three removed, two fillings, and root canal, and I'm only 44. <laughs> Greensleeves is played by ice cream vans because it's well known and out of copyright, so free of charge, says Glynis. You see, I don't think that's got anything to do with it because I see ice cream vans with Disney characters blazoned all over them. All the fun fairs have got Disney characters blazoned all over them. And nobody's ever said anything, but it's Disney copyrights. They don't pay for these things. So I don't think it's because it's out of copyright because there's thousands of bits of music you could get. I think it's the, when, the, when the van's made, the chime probably comes from China and that's the only one that they know. Uh, at Christopher Wren School in the 60s, we had Newton, Clarendon, Dryden and Gibbons. Our, sco- <laughs> our school houses were Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw and Slytherin. I miss those good old magical days. Very nicely, thank you. Uh, 84850. Uh, you can get diclofenic at a pharmacy without a prescription. Yeah, it's not, it's not the, uh, the full-strength one. The one over the counter is not the same. Uh, the ice cream van in Croydon plays Teddy Bear's Picnic, says Sarah. Is that the one? Dum, 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 dum. That sounds a bit scary, is it? Dum, 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 dum. If you go down it, Oh, blimey, why would you want that? It's enough to put kids off ice cream for it. Perhaps that's a reason. Mind you, it is actually Croydon. 
There's not a lot I can say about Croydon ice cream vans, ladies and gentlemen. Um, James says, I quite enjoyed Brief Encounter, but to compare it to Casablanca, sob sob, is silly. Richard the Milko says, great show, love the impressions, you are so caring. And somebody else says, don't worry, Henry VIII will not be claiming royalties. I know, but he might, he might have relatives listening. They might want some money to put into the coffers for him. Uh, Joey Barton speaks in English with a French accent when interviewed. Enough says Steve, says Dave in Hockley. Um, June says, must admit to being guilty of money laundering. That's when you forget this change in your trouser pockets and bung them in, the machine. Oh, that's the worst. My neighbour did that once. He had some money left in, poor Chris. And he put it in the washing machine and the, the shilling, for it was a shilling, you know, five pence, uh, got wedged in the pipe that emptied the machine. And they couldn't empty their machine because the, 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 the shilling filled up the actual diameter of the pipe. And so they sat there for ages and they didn't, they didn't know what to do. Until the end, they rocked the machine backwards and forwards and it knocked the coin so the thing was able to drain. Because otherwise, cause if, while, while a washing machine is full of water, you can't do anything at all. You can't do anything. You just have to sort of sit there and stare at it. Uh, you've mentioned many historical uh, houses in your area. And uh, I thought you might be interested. I'm curating a historic gardens exhibition called Arcadian Vistas. Richmond's Landscape Gardens at Orleans House Gallery in Twickenham. He says, uh, that uh, Noah's Art animal show you plugged ends this Sunday, just between us. A very famous Hollywood couple popped in recently, but the rarer local Steve Allen has yet to be spotted. I know, suffering with probably hay fever, I think, at the moment. I call it a summer cold. Most of you seem to think it's hay fever. And poor old Jane in Macclesfield suffers from hay fever. It's the blossom on the tree, she said. I don't get it later in the year from grasses, but at this time of the year, my eyes and nose stream. It's so annoying. LBC 97.3 Mark Constantine is looking at the papers this morning with Nick Ferrari and the team at breakfast. And uh, after the police are looking into that YouTube clip, apparently showing a woman shouting racial abuse at a man on the district line, Nick will be asking why this is still happening on public transport. Mark Constantine, as I say, looks at the papers today. And uh, no doubt there'll be some, some stories to wander through. Don't forget Thursday, we've got Call Clegg. On LBC 97.3, and I'll just remind you, you've got about eight minutes left to get your entries in for the Great Gadget Giveaway. I say eight minutes because I get so panicky every day about people sending it in the last minute and the phone thing cutting you off. So I like to make sure that you're entered into the competition. Then it can be your name I shall read out on the programme tomorrow morning. Like today, we've mentioned Catherine Leary from Boreham Wood, who is a, a very happy lady, I should imagine. In fact, all our winners are very happy. Perhaps I should find out what they all sound like. Uh, She's got herself the fabulous Nikon digital camera. Today, I'm offering you the Google Nexus 10 tablet. This is the Android tablet. It's it's the the, the iPad thing. It's, It's the same as that, only it's Google's version of it. So it's been getting some fantastic reviews, really good reviews. You could get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning. However, there is a a slight hiccup. You need to know the answer to a question, and then you need to text it in to me. So the question today is, what is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Luton Airport? What is the three-letter airport code that you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Luton Airport? To enter, text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, Follow by your answer and send it to 84850. 84850. Before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. 
We're playing across the LBC network, and full terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. It's very nice. And as I say, you've got about uh, seven minutes left to get those entries in as quick as possible. So lots of you suffering with with this, uh, not hay fever so much now, but it's the blossom on the trees which affects people. Well, I've had this, it was terrible. I mean, I was streaming yesterday. Dave the Trucker tells me that they play green sleeves because they don't have to pay royalties. I can't see anybody who's got an ice cream van paying royalties, to be honest with you. It's not like, you know, paying stuff over to the Performing Rights Society. Well, they're going to go round. Marion Croydon says, our ice cream van plays just one Cornetto. (laughs) Only in Croydon. Only in Croydon. That's one that goes, just one Cornetto, give it to me, delicious ice cream from Italy. Delicious ice cream from Italy. Thank you very much indeed. We'll have to log that now. There'll be royalties. There'll be royalties to, you know, they'll be going, you could have, you could have sung green sleeves till the cows came home. We had eight houses, says Tanya at school. Endeavour, loyalty, truthfulness, honesty, ambition, modesty, generosity and sincerity. We all had trees and colours. Our house... Uh, generosity had a green tree and our colour was lavender. Sounds very complicated, doesn't it? I thought it was fairly straightforward. I, lo- I love this one. Here. Uh, this is from Ben in some London borough. He said, my schoolhouse names were Mercedes, Chardonnay, Chantel and Elizabeth Duke. <laughs> Says a lot about the school, doesn't it? <laughs> Thank you. I like the idea of being in some London borough. <laughs> Chardonnay. Uh, I went to Samuel Pepys School. You must be very old, Jeff. Our house was Wren, Blake, Harvey and Newton, and we all wore different coloured ties. He said, it's a very good show. It is true, actually. I think it's a very good show as well. We start every morning at four, just in case you think we sort of pop in at about six o'clock. I said, we, we, we start at four, so if you'd like to all turn up on time, please, tomorrow. Don't want to make a big deal about it. We had four houses, says Dan, Brandon, Conrad, Gordon and Wallace. Blue, green, red and yellow, respectively. Thank you. That's amazing, actually. Mark says <laughs> we had. This has kind of opened up a can of worms. This one, I didn't. I didn't. I thought it was just me, but loads of you. Lancaster, Blenheim, Concord, and Gloucester said Mark. Although Jane says I'm a teacher in a prep school, and our houses are water rats, badgers, moles, and toads. <laughs> I don't want to be a toad. I don't think you, know, you wouldn't be able to be a toad. You don't mind being a water rat. Badgers, OK, and water rats. See, prep school only goes up to... Um, that's preparatory, isn't it? It goes up to 11, I think. It goes up to 11. And uh, Naznin in Harrow. My school had ships. Victory, Golden Hind and Mayflower. How wonderful. Uh, Steve, my name is Peter Burt. In 72, I was house captain of Trenchard House at Hendon Police Cadet College. Actually, just correct me on that one. There is no Hendon Police College training now, is there? I mean, did, did somebody say it closed? I can't remember. Ages ago. Our school had very imaginative names, says Sandra. One, two, three and four. Oh, wonderful. And uh, <laughs> Steve, my school, Pear Tree and Stevenage, had Hillary, green, Churchill, yellow, Bader, that was Douglas Bader, red, Schweitzer, blue. Hillary was the best. And one here says, Steve, our schoolhouses were just boring, red, green, blue and yellow. Uh, we had four houses, says Barry in Edmonton. Broomfield, all named after local parks, Broomfield, Grovelands, Pims and Whitewebs, and at secondary school, six, Ashworth, Dolby, Keats, Lamb, Latimer and Wyatt. Thank you, Barry, very much indeed. I'm just amazed how many texts and emails I've got over this as well. It was just something, it was, it's what I call one of my throwaways, and it, uh, it, it worked quite well, actually. Worked very well indeed. So, so thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for that. Four minutes left. 
for the competition. I should have a little bell that I ring in the studio so that people are aware of when we're sort of coming up to the end of the uh, competition and uh, and the end. We used to have Brunel, says Arthur, Chaucer, Faraday, Milton, Newton, Scott, Telford and Wren. Oh. Do you know that uh, one of Christopher Wren's houses at Hampton Court has come up for sale? I was going to look at it the other day, but I'm now toying with the idea of this £250 million house, which is quite near Buckingham Palace. I quite fancy the idea. You need to spend a bit of money on it, because obviously whoever has it at the moment isn't looking after it properly. And the furniture. But they don't want to show you the interior. The only shots they've got of the interior are from the 1890s, because the person who owns it at the moment, it's obviously, they're obviously quite private. I wonder what Broman Abramovic... Roman Abramovich's house looks like inside. Thomas says, My school was the John Lyon School in Harrow. Our houses were Butler, I hate you, Butler, blue, more red, Norwood green, and Vaughan yellow. When I started school, your house was determined alphabetically by surname. My house was Norwood, and they had surnames starting N to S. More tended to be the best house athletically, whilst Norwood were the duffers. Yes, we, we had a, a leaving class at our school, and they, uh, they were the, what I used to call stupid yet savables. And they would go there because they'd be leaving that year, and they had no interest in school whatsoever. And we didn't talk to them. They didn't wear ties. We, we were quite posh in those days, quite posh. Listen, sadly, I'm just about running out of time. So you've got a couple of minutes left to get your entries in for the gadget giveaway for today, and hopefully your name I read tomorrow. Some this morning, I've let down the fangs. This is... Uh, Luis Suarez, uh, Mr. Hume, disgraced liar, Chris Hume, and his wife could be out very, very shortly. Daily Star today, Cops Raid, X Factor Stars Home, and this is Ella, Ella, whose parents, uh, it's alleged, have been doing money laundering. As I say, we couldn't quite work out how the papers got hold of that story, because unless you were in the police, nobody would have known about it. Nobody in the village knew about it. They managed to get a photographer there very quickly. Also, a banned slimming drug has killed a medical student. This is on the front of the Daily Mail, a girl called Sarah Houston. And this drug has been linked to about 62 deaths, but people buy it online. Such is the, the desperate nature of people trying to lose weight that people will actually go online and buy things. And, of course, if you're buying a drug online, you have no idea whether you're buying either a placebo or a drug that is made up of things and items in it which could kill. So far, this girl, unfortunately, chanced her luck. It's like playing Russian roulette. The one thing you don't do is buy drugs online. Absolutely not. I upset the gondoliers in the Venetian Hotel in Vegas, says Neil, when I sang quite loudly just one one cornetto to Lorraine. (laughs) You're all mad, aren't you? Mad as brooms. Mad as brooms. Listen, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. We'll have a free podcast up for you very, very shortly. And that will include all the wonderful celebrity gossip, which we know you crave so much. And then there'll be the other podcast up of the programme later. Hope it, Well, a nice day today. 18 degrees. I might put shorts on. On second thoughts, I looked at my legs the other day, a bit white and spindly. And I don't think white and spindly looks good in a pair of shorts. I uh, probably shan't bother on that one. So the LBC Gadget giveaway. Quickly, for the Google Nexus 10, what is the three-letter airport code you would find on your luggage if you were flying to Luton Airport? Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. Got about a minute to do it. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time of 6.30, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network. And full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Have a great day. Thank you for all your texts and emails this morning. Join me again tomorrow morning, please.
from four o'clock. I know it's early, but London is a 24-hour city. Uh, I hope you have a very pleasant day. Nick and the team with you after seven o'clock this morning. Coming up next on LBC 97.3, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. LBC 97.3.